And welcome to episode 120 of the Ranjin Heresy podcast. I am Jody. I am your hostess of the Moses. And on tonight, today, whenever you listen to this episode, we are talking Blood Angels, the Ninth Legion, the... I'm trying to think of a derogatory term that doesn't involve Twilight, and I can't really come up with one. Um, so I'm <laughs> vampire um I'll, I'll move so i'll move on for, for that um but it, they'll come up later i'm sure we'll remember them but yes so tonight we are talking blood angels we're doing sort of not an army review because everybody does that but we've got guest on who's a long-term long-time blood angel player and i'll introduce him in a minute but you know we're going to do what we've done recently and just sort of talk through ideas cool stuff about the legion how to build a list all that stuff and uh, we have our own lovely Pele, who is sitting to my left, and I'll introduce him now, because he is a silent assassin himself. He's also a relatively-ish new Blood Angels player, so we're kind of making him the focus tonight. How are you doing tonight, bud? You good? I'm good, as always. It's great to be here again. Yay, as always. You mean you're away, from, you're away from the family and you get to have some time to yourself? Yes, I lock myself up and uh, drink a beer and talk hobby. Brilliant. That's good. Yeah, I mean, for a, for a Wednesday, the, the first day of February, that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Can't... Hello, what is good in life? <laughs> first day of February. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Uh, the no, lock yourself up and drink beer and hobby. Yes. For yes. <laughs> your children. Well, on <laughs> and to introduce our guest tonight, on the left of my left, uh, he is one of the uh, support team over on our Discord. Um, he's a good friend of mine, and he is a long, like I said, long-standing Blood Angels player. Um, much to his, I don't know, joy, chagrin. We'll find out as we talk about it. It's Pete. How you doing, bud? Yeah, hi, Jody. Yeah, I'm well. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Oh, love it, mate. Love it. We've been talking about this for a while, having you on to uh, to talk Blood Angels and talk silly stuff. So it's always good. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing the story because we've. Not to give the farm away, but we've talked about your army quite a bit, and I'm very much looking forward to sharing that with other people, so it's going to be fun. Excellent. Uh, and on, of course, on my right, the right of my right, all the way to the right, atop his uh, pile of pretzels and dead beer cans held together by the tears of his enemies on his throne is the one and only Mr. Freddy. How are you doing, buddy? Good. How are you, mate? Uh, I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. Um, looking forward to, to this chat tonight. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it's been a while since we've done an, uh, an army episode, so it's nice to get back to them because they're always good. They're always a laugh. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Now, before we jump in and start talking about stuff, I've got to do the shout outs very quickly. So skip forward, I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute if you really don't want to hear them. But um, wherever you're listening to us right now, you can find us on places like Spotify, Apple Music, Podbean. Stitcher, all the different podcasting areas. Uh, so wherever you're listening to us, if there's somewhere more convenient, we're probably there. We're also on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page. Um, we've got a Facebook group, which is awesome. Uh, we have email and Instagram from when we use them. And as I've already mentioned, we've got our Discord channel, which if you join our Facebook group, uh, the Ranging Heresy podcast group, you can find the link to be able to join the Discord in there. Um, we like to have hobby hangouts as often as we can. Uh, we're currently and we've literally kicked this off as of recording today. We have a two-month 
Bad Ab Wars Challenge. Ooh. It's very simple because we're just getting people started, especially people who haven't sort of done anything with the Bad Ab Wars before. But we're doing between now and, and the end of March, one HQ choice, one uh, squad, and an additional unit of your choice. So nice and simple. Everybody's in there pledging away, picking their picking their chapters, what they want to do. I was personally, I'm I'm in there. I was going to do Firehawks, but I've changed my mind, and I'm going to go for um, Exorcists because I like I like the combination, some color combination. So I'm going to give that a try myself. I know like Mantis. I uh, yeah, it's, I like the dark, the deep red color because I actually have those paints in my collection, so I don't have to buy new ones, which is always useful. Um, and I actually read some of the lore, and it's like that's that's some pretty dark stuff. I like it. <laughs> so I'm kind of in on that one. Um, and I know that, although we haven't had on for a while, Henry's um, painting schemes for the Cult of Paint page are, are doing gangbusters over there as well, especially with the uh, Mantis Warrior scheme. People are uh, big into that one as well, so that's kind of awesome. But yes, that's what we're doing. Um, also, just want to remind you, if you keep your eyes open, we do try and put up um shout outs for questions from you as our listeners for us to answer at the end of the recording um and we do have a couple of questions tonight i've been doing it on discord recently so another reason to come and join our discord uh, but you know do keep your eyes open for one of those messages if they pop out um so before we get into talking about anything else it's time to talk about what everybody's hobbying on right now and i am gonna pick pele to start with what are you doing any hobby tonight were you working on anything mate Glue a lovely assault marines together. Ooh, nice! And you know, I've been talking about I want the plastic. So mm-hmm. the workshop never released them, so I have to glue my and pin oh. my old resin one together. Because right, the the hands always breaks off. <laughs> they really are. It's is it Mark Four you're using there? You got there, or is it the Mark? Oh, Mark Two. Mark Two. Yeah. No, they're 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 about as thin as a as a crisp <laughs> yeah uh, that's the issue so i stripped them but you what you could make them in plastic though if you get those uh 40k blood angels and take away the wing things aren't they like mark four jump packs yeah maybe but as i got this now and started so mm-hmm. but i am going to i, I already, already have ordered um uh, seriously sanguine guards for 40k to use them as my command squad nice yeah, I saw Hans at Scandus uh, used to mess that. And I'm yes. going to steal his idea, shamelessly. Uh, if it's a good idea, steal it, man. You know, yeah, the end of the day. doesn't mind. I will talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's cool. Uh, so that's my plan. So I'm going to drop down some few cool things. And I got Sanguinius unpainted. Nice. Ooh. I've got one of them, haven't I, Jody? Yes, I have. I mean, you do. <laughs> um, it's on my hobby desk, actually, all ready to, to start getting some love and attention. But we'll talk about me in a minute. Actually, Pete, I know you're in a bit of a special situation, but what have you been doing for a hobby recently? Um, well, we've recently started the Varengan Heresy uh, Painting Showcase. So I just want to quickly shout that out. Um, if anyone that's listening wants to get involved, um, come find me on the Discord. Um, Pete Paints 30k um, on Instagram, um, or message me on Facebook. Um, you can find me on on our group and the page. Um, if you want to have your model shown, so I've been put, uh, putting that together. We've had two out so far with some fantastic painting from uh, my mate Side uh, Side Davies, who's a fantastic uh, golden winning, uh, golden demon winning painter. 
and uh, another friend of mine, Rob Berup, who's uh, also fantastic. So go check those out. Um, yeah, I've got to say, sorry, just to interrupt you. One, Dark Angels are disgustingly beautiful. So mm. well done, Sai. And I, I love Rob's work. I always have done. But it's Imperial Fist, so I'm kind of caught in the middle. But thankfully, he has word bearer, uh, World Leaders on there as well. So He does, yeah. Know, He's all right. He's all right by my in my book for that. It makes up. It makes up for the uh, for the old uh, imperial fist. But anyway, what have you been holding <laughs> on, dude? Um, so I haven't really, I haven't done a lot since I went to an event uh, at the end of November last year, and um, I've painted about two and a half thousand points in about five weeks. So that kind of gave me a little bit of hobby burnout. But um, for Christmas, I uh, I got a Land Raider Proteus from my lovely mother. So I've um, I've cracked that open and uh, been looking at the sprues, getting ready to build that. So that's what, what I'm working on at the minute. Nice. Well, the shiny new plastic kits. Yeah, well, I've, I think I've only got five Land Raiders, so I really thought I, I needed another one. I repurposed one to my Emperor's Children um, from my Blood Angels, so I thought I'd better get, a, get, better get one with the, the lovely wraparound tracks that the Proteuses have. So It's nice. To, it's, it's important to have even numbers because then it just feels right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think... Um, uh, some... You mean odd numbers, right? Even it's good to have lots no, no, of things, no. basically. No, no, odd numbers. Otherwise, this feels wrong. But you always feel wrong, Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why he's odd. But we're not going to. Touche, touche. Toupee, toupee. So you're working on a Proteus right now. Very cool. Very cool yeah. indeed. Nice. Freddie, you're going to put us all to shame as always. So what have you been working on, bud? Uh, well, I, uh, well I, I did a Warlord Titan. You, yes, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, my God. It's finally done. It's been delivered. Uh, so I don't know. Did we put up pictures of that? or did we, we haven't yet. I will get, get on to uh, Chris about getting that done. All right, cool. Uh, so I've done that. Uh, otherwise, I've been painting away on my Night Lords. Nice. So right now I am, well, I've finished off my tactical squad, finally, uh, the Rhino and the Sikaram Venator. And now I'm doing a, what are they called? The close combat tactical squad, Revenger. Spoilers. 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 Yeah. There we go. So I'm painting at the spoiler squad. After that, I'll do a Cataphractic squad, and then I'll move on to a tactical support squad with Volkite Chargers. That could maybe be a terror squad, if I... If I felt like I was going to say, so it sounds like you're lacking in terror squads a little bit here. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I've, I've, I've like repurposed heaps of uh, uh, my old stuff that I found. So I'm using like the bat helmets for my uh, the spoiler squad. Uh, and then I I found like cha like Chaos Space Marine uh, bodies. Oh, nice. So, so all I did is like because I swapped the, the bat helmets for my the spoiler squads, I took the beaky helmets and put them on the Chaos Marine dudes and gave them all Volkite charges. So I thought like, oh, they could be a tactical support because, you know, the only one that kind of look like Chaos Space Marines mm. uh, are the Night Lords. So I thought they could, I, I can use them as uh, terror squads or tactical support squads. Yeah, I always found it funny that, that I think it was, it must have been like mid to late 90s. You know, they, the the Night Lords were basically the Chaos Space Marine for like three years or something like that, uh, model-wise, like out in boxes and stuff like that. And it was like, you can leave the helmet with the wings off and just paint it as Black Legion instead or do something like that. But uh used to love that. And they did a wonderful set of Terminators 
old school Chaos Terminators in uh, Night Lords colours in White Dwarf once, and that, yeah. I, I do love me some Night Lords, I've got to admit. And what colour is it you're using again? You're using uh, colour shift, aren't you? I'm... Yeah, I'm using uh, uh, Darth Blue, which actually is really, really nice. And then you do like, so you do some, because normally you spray that over black, uh, gloss black, and then you can do a little bit of pre-shading with it, but not too much because you don't really need it. And then after that, you do uh, heaps of weathering and orders and stuff, and it works really nice. Nice, man. I'm looking forward to seeing some pictures of those up. Oh, I'll take some photos. I'm really bad at that. These days. Just looking forward to them being up on up on the up for everybody else to see. It's going to be very very cool. Yeah, I'll do like I do a little group photo. Yeah, big push on Night Lords <laughs> right now though. More Night Lords. I want them for Lincoln, so I need to get my my Lincoln army ready because I'm hopefully uh, if everything runs smoothly, I can actually maybe play some um, like uh, heresy curacy games like we did last time with people like rocked up and I'll have like two two thousand points. Uh, Oh, uh, to one thousand five hundred points centurion forces. Nice. So I can like dem- demo games. That's very cool, man. That's good. Yeah, that's very very cool. Well, that's something to if you're listening and you haven't actually had a chance to play Heresy yet, if you do come to Lincoln, apparently you'll be able to hopefully have a crack at the game on the uh, on the centurion scale. So that'd be a lot of fun. It'll be very cool. Um, and I have to say, as far as hobby progress, my end, I've actually still haven't built. I still haven't actually put paint to brush. However. I did spend one evening completely clearing up my painting area, so now I can actually see the desktop and have room to move and put stuff down there. And I have a certain Primark laid out in his component parts and with the spare body, which is awesome, because I'm going to use that to test the paint schemes that we talked about in the last episode. So he's laid out, ready to go. And I've mentioned it before that I'm building, or I'm I'm in, I'm sort of in the stage of uh, putting together a new prayer tour for my space walks and i realized that if i went today the lovely dirk from uh mr mcstroyd is or is it pete i can't remember somebody's sending me a metal orc axe which is just perfect look for the whole space wolves viking aesthetic right so i'm gonna have that in his right arm because normally what i do is i do paragon blade thunder hammer and i realized that if i wanted to complete be a complete dick I could do a basically a thunder hammer and st- I could basically do Mjolnir and Stormbreaker oh. on my Space Wolf Prayer Tour and basically create Thor. <laughs> I think you have to do it. I'm not saying it's a good idea, but I'm saying I'm probably going to model it that way just so that I can have either a thunder hammer and or a paragon blade. Like two specialist and weapons all, all, so you can all the extra attacks. Oh yeah, all the extra attacks and basically yeah, it, you, you you probably could look at him and mistake him for Thor if you squinted at about six feet, maybe. I don't know. I haven't decided. Are you gonna yet. do like a winged helmet? Oh well? god, no. No. Well, <laughs> it'll still be better than the the, 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 the wolf helmets, but um I hadn't planned to. Um <laughs> But we should also... You should get like uh, you, you remember that old metal sixth ed uh, dwarf lord that had that massive oh. double handed hammer, yeah, uh, axe, the double handed axe. Mm-hmm. You should get that guy. I mean, yeah, I uh, just gotta dig him out and yeah, try and find him somewhere. That's the only problem. Yeah, how much of your t- hobby time do you actually spend by looking for stuff? I know it's here somewhere. Is it here? No, it's there. Is it where is it? I mean, personally, I have it somewhere way as well. too much. No <laughs> way too much. 
you always end up go home to Fred and steal his stuff anyway. Well, you, you're you're in the position yeah. to do that. Sadly, I'm not. So, but if I give you a list, promise to give it back someday. Oh. <laughs> it's like I'll I'll get I get you a new one once I find it on eBay. Yeah, it's like yeah, whatever. <laughs> if I, if I give you a list, Pelle, can you fix it for me? Oh, just, of just mail it down. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> but no, seriously, I think I think it's you know I I should do something fun with the with the Praetor model. So yeah. I think pseudo Thor and or whatever else I can come up with will be a bit of fun. But first things first is going to be Pete Sanguinius because he deserves some love and attention. And I've always wanted to paint Sanguinius because it's such a gorgeous model. But yeah, okay. I'm not going to get stuck on that because if I get stuck on that, we'll just, we'll, we'll never. Talk about Sanguinius. Yeah, we'll be, you know, later. pre pre main segment. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about him later. I'm pretty sure uh, he'll be showing up. That's what we're working on. Hopefully you're working on something while you're listening to this. Hope it's going well. Hope you don't lose a bit off to the side uh, into the darkness unless, I mean, in my point of view, unless you're an Imperial Fist player, then by all means ping that one small hand across the room and never to be seen again. But, you know, I, I, I shouldn't let my own biases come in. Um, now, before we go chat news, I do want to give a shout out and just say uh, thank you very much to our Patreons, everybody who's supporting us over there on Patreon at the moment. Um, just to remind you that if you're not there at the moment and you'd like to support us, uh, we have uh, what we call like a tip jar. It's just a simple, small, fixed amount each month. And for every month that you successfully make a payment, you get a raffle ticket into our end of year raffle drawer. Uh, and I, again, I have to apologize, Pete. I wasn't there when it was drawn, so I couldn't fix it for you. But, Disappointed. You know, I know, mate. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I tried, but you know, these guys just went on without me, and they did a perfect job without me. So I couldn't really. Blame Chris. Well, yeah, there is that too. But I could, I couldn't really reschedule the whole thing. So they, they did good, and congrats to all the prize winners. Hopefully, we'll be seeing some uh, whips and finished pictures of whatever it is you've received as a prize at some point as well, because that would be very cool. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone who supported us, and you know, if you're interested in supporting us. The information's out there, just patreon.com forward slash the Varangian Heresy. Anyway, let's roll on over to our news desk here in our virtual studio. We'll just spin around in our chairs for a second. And we'll catch up on some of the uh, information from the Warhammer community site in ge and just in general on news for the, uh, the Heresy. Um, and we're going with the last thing first. Um, and that will be, since we last recorded... Raven Guard upgrades. We have the Mark VI Raven Guard upgrade sprue um, or blister pack. Um, so, Freddie, you're a Raven Guard player. So, yeah. straight off the bat, uh, I'm coming to you with them. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this upgrade pack? I am uh, actually a bit disappointed. Oh, do tell. Uh, I was hope uh, I was hoping. Uh, like they would do because Raven Guards have always been big Marines, right? And it's a bit like the Ultramarine upgrade packs because it's just normal big Marines. Yeah, but <laughs> like, three of them got some logos in the forehead. Uh, lul, lul. <laughs> uh, what does that mean in Swedish? <laughs> logos in the forehead. They got yeah. the chapter symbol well, stamped to their face, basically. Yeah, on the forehead. I know, but it, it's yeah. They could have done something a bit more cooler. Like if you remember the what they called like uh, the Dark Furies mm -hmm. or or the other ones. Uh, they are like they they could have made the beak helmet more 
like emphasized a bit more on that and made it more beakish, if that makes sense. Birdish. Birdish. They could have elongated it or something. You know, anything. But yeah, but still, you know, cool. I'll probably buy them anyway because I'm stupid. Mm. Sorry, Pelicon. Those helmets with the white beaks, yeah. are they different from the regular ones? No. That's that's my issue. It's hard Seriously, to tell. They're just exactly the same. The black one, then. Yeah. It, they're uh, little pointy, same. aren't they? No. It's really hard to tell, actually, because, yeah, the white is very... The, the, the white makes it look a lot bigger, and the black obviously thins out the profile, but it's hard to see much more of a difference, hmm. which is weird. And the shoulder pads, then, what do you think about those? Uh... I don't know. Not really. You don't sound like sold they're... on the upgrades, they're... Freddy. That's, that's... No, they're, they're like the same. Like it, they had the Premier's shoulder pad thingies, and they're basically the same. You know? Yeah. It's like all other shoulder pads. It's the, it's the symbol of the Legion. So it's good yeah. if you like those. Don't want to use transfer, I guess. What do you think, Pete, from a, as a, a player from another winged-ish Legion? Yeah, I think the shoulder, I think the shoulder pads do look quite nice. Um, I personally prefer um, to use decals. I I bought a few of the upgrade kits when I started my Blood Angels, um, and I just find that I think the decals look look better. Um, but the, the, as they go, they're, they're quite nice. The Raven Guard ones, um, some of the other ones aren't um, perhaps uh, aren't as nice. So yeah, I think I think they're okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I think. It's it's still like like I always say it's nice to see people getting stuff. You know, Legion's getting stuff coming out now, so I look forward to seeing when these finally drop um, for pre-order and, and order, and hopefully Raven Guard players. I hope you're excited. I really do because I'm not sure what else you have to be excited about otherwise. Because <laughs> um, you you need a Praetor model, man. You need a Praetor model, or you need some special character models that aren't Korax. Uh, not that that's not a bad model because it's a gorgeous model, but y- you need some. I, I want, I want the stupid Corax rules back for when he's uh, wielding a heavy bolter because I spent heaps of time to convert that dude. <laughs> that's annoying. It's time for the Ragent Heresy Primark rules upgrade rule. <laughs> exactly. Plus fifteen points has but... heavy bolter has brutal seven. Um, <laughs> brutal seven, but... <laughs> brutal seven on the ball. Yeah, it's yeah. Freddie writing rules for himself. He can write whatever he wants. <laughs> exactly. Brutal seven, but you know, every, you know, has has to have some sort of emo delivery line before he he rolls to hit. Otherwise, just automatically misses. You know, some something that works. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I think it's cool. Like I said, just glad that they've got some new stuff out. Um, speaking of new stuff out, because you know, next one over. Uh, the LVO was very, very recently, uh, literally oh, less than a week ago as of recording. Yeah, shout out to Alex. Big shout out to Alex. Funnily enough, Alex literally just messaged me about jumping on to talk about the LVO. So he'll be on next episode to talk about the LVO. But at the LVO, they did release a preview of the Cerberus Heavy Tank Destroyer. Ooh. So first things first, super heavy in plastic. Secondly, it's a Cerberus. How does everybody feel about those two statements? Yeah, we got the Typhoon. So it's the second or third 
Super Do you know what? I'm an Iron Warriors player. I keep thinking of that as heavy support. Sorry. Nah. <laughs> it's just me. Anyway, yes, our second one. Sorry. Yes. Uh, but still, what do we think? I always love the Cerberus. Didn't you have one for your Raven Guard? Yeah, I do. Would you take it? Yeah, it's a cool model. It is it's a cool awesome model. model. I, I'm just sad about the rules. Yeah, you can't get everything, Freddy. I know. But something Very would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like the Typhoon model, I, I think it's looks really good and i do love the fact that they are actually releasing super heavies yeah and they're using the land raider chassis to actually make more models to release them it can't be that hard for them to just do that super heavy gun thing upgrade yeah so i think it's awesome Uh, i think i love the fact that they actually release stuff um then perhaps they might not sell that many of them. They might end up with just an upgrade pack. But what the hell? It's there. Yeah. It's uh, do it what you want. Uh, if you love the model, buy it. I'm going to buy the Typhoon of the same reason. reason. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like it, convert it to something. Just keep the, the demand up. Yeah. Didn't uh, Gaze Workshop release the Baneblade Super Heavy recently? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I know they've done the, uh, the Dawn Tank. For, oh, uh, and that's the mid-sized hey, tank. thinking about the Dorn. Yeah, that's the mid-sized one. That's the uh, one just below the super okay. heavy size. Oh, forget it then. It's the bear speaking. <laughs> but bear anyway, speaking. I, I like it. I, mm-hmm. I see really nothing wrong with it. I do like the um, Land Raider model, new one, mm-hmm. on the Spartan. So that's the model with a big fucking gun on it. Of course it's good. <laughs> Subtly put. Pete, you got any thoughts on it? Yeah, I think the model's really, really great. I very tempted to get one um I, th- I think i do need some more tanks um but i'm a bit disappointed that they're not super heavies um that they're just vehicles so i think that's a little bit restricting on the tabletop but um oh, i certainly wouldn't let how effective they are on the tabletop get in the way of buying and painting a model that looks nice um yeah. Rule of cool uh, apply. Yeah, I, I have a mastodon, so yeah, I, I, that is <laughs> literally that is the physical man, manister, manifestation of rule of cool, and it doesn't have to be good to play it. So I must admit, I tell you what, though, something I really like about this, and I'm sure I'll get shouted at for it by somebody, um, but is the fact that I'm looking at the Typhon, and they they've done that, they've done both, they've released both tanks in a Sons of Horror scheme which I think look great. I just, if you actually look at the um, Cerebus, there's actually a lot more weathering on things like the tracks yes. and stuff. And for me, because that, that just makes my little, you know, weather bunny heart sing. I love that sort of stuff. But it's it's really nice to see. And I never noticed this before. Freddie, you could tell me otherwise. It really looks like a Vindicator laser destroyer, just that something has been on the juice. And I really like that look of it. If it feels, is it was it the same with the original? Or because I just, I don't think I've really seen one in real life more more often than not. But yeah, same look. Yeah. Okay then. Well, I'm not. I'm. I'm not missing. I'm not coming up with anything new or groundbreaking. So that's okay then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing one. Uh, seeing one on the tabletop because um, I think it's going to look very cool when it's done. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. It would look very good with like with a squadron of laser destroyers next to it. Oh yeah, you know, that, that, would, that that'd be a nice really thing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, big dad and small daddies. Oh yeah, yeah. I might have to do. I might have to do that. Well, you have 
have that on one side and then the Kratos sicker and Saber on the other side and yeah that, that could be a hideously bad but really good looking list so this is a reason to start the Iron Warriors army I don't need a reason personally but yes yes I think this is a very good reason to start one for anybody who's interested um, it's about time hmm? it's about time Jody about time what you started an Iron Warriors yeah <laughs> never done that before have to have to have to dip my toe into the Iron Warriors at some point and see what happens but uh, let's let's move on because he the, the reason I've saved this one for last even though it was the earlier one and the released is the fact that these tied so nicely to uh, what we're going to be talking later about with the Blood Angels. It's plastic jet bikes. Finally. Yeah. Plastic jet bikes. And i got to say, they look pretty. They look really nice. I'm even not mad about the Mark VI armor and the rider. <laughs> I wish it was Mark III, but I'm not mad. You can always change it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, buy a box of uh, your favorite marine and uh, rework it a little bit. Any hobbyist with a little boy. bit of experience can do that. Yeah, that's true, and it's worth it. But what, what's? I'll, I'll go to you, Pete, on this one. What, what are your thoughts on the plastic jet bikes? Oh, absolutely gorgeous. Um, I, I really like them. I, I don't have any jet bikes um, at the moment, and I've got to say, I'm very tempted to buy them. They are. They 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 look really good. Um, and I think they, I think they have a place uh, in a list. Um, I don't necessarily think bikes and jet bikes are as bad as uh, perhaps people think they are at the moment. They're just the battlefield role has massively changed. But yeah, I think get those Wacker Mark III um, body and head and arms on it, and yeah, there they will look outstanding. Nice, Freddie. Any thoughts? What you would? Ah, oh, finally. <laughs> any any anything plus is good. I, I mean, I'm just ha- happy that. Uh, fucking, they're not as broken in the old days as the Ultramarines. Fucking the, what was it? No, not the Ultramarines. The Alpha Legion crazy jet bikes. All that you can mark everything, and it was just bananas. Yeah, that one with uh, just just had a bolter with a laser on it. Yeah, laser mark. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna mark everything in your army. I'm gonna hit everything on two plus. Blah blah blah. Vroom. Hop. Yeah, because that's <laughs> yeah. not overpowered in any way, shape, or form. No. And oh, you! I've got Alpharius as well, so I'll have preferred enemy everything on everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. hitting you is not really something I'm worried about. <laughs> it is basically what's being said at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I think they're awesome. Do you know what I, I genuinely love is the fact that they've got. It's going to sound a really weird thing to point out, but they, they look like they've got new flying bases, and I'm really hoping that they're a bit more solid than the original style of flying base, with the little bit that always always broke off no matter what you did <laughs> and it just got annoying trying to magnetize them <laughs> so new yeah. flight stands they look pretty solid that's awesome they're in plastic it's gonna be so much more uh easy to convert them and do silly stuff with them yeah. i think it's gonna be amazing now they just need a javelin in plastic yeah javelin and assault marines yeah the, the spoiler assault marine squads yeah that, that's gotta be that's gotta be coming soon yeah yeah I really hope so. Uh, I mean, and a fell blade. Oh, could you imagine a plastic fell blade? That would be so nice. Um, oh, it would be so so good. I mean, just we've said it before, and I know I was riffing on it and taking the piss early, but I, I just love the fact that things, the big things, are coming out in plastic. 
mm. and the very because I I would consider the the jet bike far more special as far more special mo- specialist model over let's say the Outriders for example because I know they've got Outrider models that are designed to be for the Heresy Eater and everything like that but you can quite easily just get some 40k bikes a little bit of converting yeah. and you're you're good to go on the tabletop but these things are stand out unique they're styled to 30k they are they are and i'm just so happy that they're showing up in plastic do, do they still sell the old 40k uh, bikers aren't they just only selling the the new primaries ones i don't know i mean i think they are um i mean i'd be surprised if they cut them off yet but it's I first mean, it's born Firstborn, yeah, firstborn bikers. <laughs> that actually sounds like a biker chapter. Firstborn, Excellent. firstborn. <laughs> what is it? Straight out of terror, firstborn chapter. Um, sons, sons of the Primarch. Yeah, so, well, so, literally, sons of anarchy would actually work for certain certain ones on this one. It'd be quite hilarious. Sons of heresy. Sons, yeah. yeah, we are sons of heresy. Let's Absolutely see here: perfect. scout bike, Ravenwing bike, attack bike, and bike squads. But yeah, mail, yeah. mail order only. Yeah, the direct order, like the scout bikes and everything. So hmm, we'll see what happens. But yeah, they're, they're awesome. It's nice to see them. It's nice to have them out there finally. I think they were they were were they on our wish list higher than pla- assault marines or lower than assault marines? I don't. I can't remember. Nothing is higher. Than <laughs> <laughs> yeah, assault marines are at the top of my list. So oh, oh I w- if you could work out beforehand, I wonder who are the Blood Angels players in this recording right now. Uh, might be those people jonesing for plastic plastic assault marines. Just saying. Uh, we could be world eaters as well. No, I- instead of coming out with plastic assault marines, they c- should come out with like a special Empress Children assault marine squad that has jump packs. I would also like that because I have a <laughs> I have started a loyalist Empress Children army as well, so that will also be good. Loyalist. <laughs> yeah, damn right. On those filthy traitor scum. They are they are loyal <laughs> to the warmaster. Uh, are they though? <laughs> They're kind of loyal to to the hedonistic pleasure. I think. Yeah, that's true. The only thing that you need to be loyal to. Well, well, it's, it's all subjective right now. Even though we know everyone is loyal to something. Yes, everybody has loyalty to something. That's very very true. But we'll, we'll, we'll go with that one, and we'll, we'll I'm going to use this as an opportunity to roll away um, from our. Of virtual news desk and come back around uh, because, as we say, it is nice and easy because that's a lovely little segue to us to jump in and actually start talking about our main topic tonight, which is the Blood Angels, the Ninth Legion. Um, they have so many different names, uh, or they did uh, have many different names. They, they originally went by just the Ninth. Uh, what was it? Was it Revenants or something? Was another name for them at one point? Yeah. Um, Malkador the uh, Sigilite uh, dubbed them the, the Revenant Legion um, after the um, Neptune, uh, after the Great Crusade sort of uh, had completed the inner solar system and, and yeah, the Ninth Legion were out uh, on the on the Neptune's moons and it was after that because uh, they thought they basically thought they would all be dead when they got there um, and they were basically I think eighteen thousand went there and there was about sixteen thousand um, uh, when, when they arrived because they had just replenished their stock using the uh, the human population there. Nice. Well, they've had some cool names and then they got well reacquainted with their Primarch. And we'll get into that in a minute. 
because um, it's always good to sort of talk about some of the fluff. But my first question to everyone in general, because, I mean, as we said earlier, Pele's kind of new to playing Blood Angels. It's a bit of a stretch to call you a new Blood Angels player, mate, I'm afraid. But you're definitely looking to, you're, you're, what would you say earlier? You're renovating your Blood Angels at the moment, looking to gear them towards 2.0 a bit more. Is that, would that fair to say? Yes, uh, not just that. Um, I started with my Blood Angels when I was really new to airbrushing. That's, uh, so you can really, really tell my early Blood Angels are not the standard I wanted to have. So I dis- best I do like them. I do like the uh, paint, the color scheme. I looked at, do like the fluff. So I've decided it's been a stretchy project. I've never been used my Blood Angels as my first army ever, really. But it's always been there in the background. Uh, but since I got a shitload of like lords, I'm a bit tired of them right now. Uh, I decided to get a go with them to renovate my army to standard um, pleased with and to play loyalist for once. Actually, meet new players at the convention. I always end up on the traitor side. I don't know why. So it, it's been in the background for quite a while. It's never been my first army. I painted a lot, a lot uh, read a little, but uh, it's been there. Never been the first choice, but it is for the moment at least. Oh, nice. And the reason for the blood angels, sorry, is I have a, like 10,000 of Death Guard. 10,000. And a very static, gunny army that's traders. I got my Night Lords, a very flexible army, fast army, but mainly infantry. So my intention was to have a shitload of flyers and speedy vehicles and stuff. That was my why I started the Blood Angels. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it does fit them very well, doesn't it? Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Or have a little different then, play thing of play them than the other. Army. And then Intercept happened. Yes. <laughs> and second edition happened, then a lot of shit happened. So I'm renovating right now. But it's a cool army. It's a cool, cool fluff, cool background, and I really do like the distinctive red color scheme mm-hmm. of them. Uh, of the loyalists, if you think, look at the loyalists uh, legions. I do think it's, of course, it's number one for me because I picked them. But mm-hmm. I don't think, really think that uh, maybe imperial fist, but painting yellow all the time. Uh, <laughs> smurf a smurfs, and then it just gray and black so oh. do you think that do you think um and i'll, I'll pose this to pete as well at the same time because then we'll go i want pete's point of view on the blood angel but do you feel that they're kind of kind of underrepresented in the heresy as a legion and I, I'm, I'm talking about um like the fluff like the black library books and in general, do you, I mean, do you see them played a lot? I mean, I can think of, off the top of my head, I can think of outside of you guys, I can really and truthfully think about one, two Blood Angels players that I know of who play them. And I apologize if you play them and I haven't clocked on that and I know you. But there's Hans, who's mm. got a lovely Blood Angels army. And then it was uh, Mark who came over and did the painting course with us back in Lund all those years back. Um, I mean, what do you think? Do, do you think they're underrepresented in the Harris? They're not getting I enough think, love? I think they were. Um, 
yeah, Mark. Mark's a friend of mine. His blood angels are amazing. Um, he's. Um, I think that they were a bit because they got their rules so late um, in version one. Um, I think that that they did uh, perhaps you didn't see too many around, and they were perhaps not as strong as some of the other legions in in version one, the right of war, um, the you know the day of revelation. Uh, in version one, when you're, you're you know all your infantry is deep striking in, and then got to stand around, um, you know, holding their dicks for a turn, time. getting shot or getting a pie plate dropped on them when they're all bunched up. Um, perhaps wasn't the most interesting style. Yeah, but I say now, um, I think they're, they're quite popular now. The um, you see quite quite a lot of nice ones. Um, I, th- I think they're they're quite an exciting army to play now. Yeah, and yeah, they're getting more attention now because Siege of Terror books. There are a lot of Blood Angels there, of course. But you're right. But you're right. Yeah, the first Blood Angels book from Black Library. Um, was that with a Cygnus Prime? What's it called? I don't remember now. But you know, oh, that's uh, Theatre Tread. Yeah, uh, when yep. they lured away to Cygnus Prime and uh, attacked by demons. Mm-hmm. And then there is some Blood Angels uh, in Gulliman's New Empire, and then they are on Terra. So now they get a lot of attention. Yeah. And all the rules are released at the same time. I think that's important because, like Pete said, I was waiting for the Blood Angels for like two, three years. You do, you do, then you do other stuff instead. Yeah. So they, they, they've, I, I guess they've all, but by the sounds, the way you guys are saying, it, it sounds like they've kind of, they've crested at the right time. Let's put it like that. They came in late on the on one point but they've sort of picked up, picked up that wave coming and kept that momentum coming into two point now. By the sounds of it. Yeah, we're still on the radar. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're wrong. Anyway, like during uh, okay <laughs> during Imperium Secundus, mm-hmm. there aren't that many stories of what the fuck the Blood Angels did. No, that's the thing. There's a pretty much uh, Which is weird. There are a lot of uh, uh, Dark Angels. Mm. Pretty much, uh, that's my memory of those books. There's a lot of Night Lords as well. Yeah, <laughs> but indeed. Yeah, I think I think well, the, the, it's even more imperial fists and then blood angels. I think it was. I think the blood angels. I think for those who remember the story in any sort of detail, the general and spoilers. If you haven't read it, I apologize. I remembered Empire, all that sort of stuff. But it's been out for a while. Um, I think the Legion showed the same sort of reluctance as Sanguinius did, because Sanguinius has obviously put in places Emperor two point zero. And he didn't really want it, uh, but that was because Gulliman didn't have the balls to step up and say, "Actually, I want to be in charge." Um, and it just felt like they they sort of sidelined themselves mm. a lot. And the and no disrespect to them, the the writers sidelined them a lot. There wasn't a lot to do with them. Um, oh, like they were said, sitting there having their issues and trying yeah. to uh, arrest the Night Hunter. Yeah, um, but there wasn't a huge amount. I mean, you had the Lion who went after the Night Haunter. You had Gilliman dealing with the Alpha Legion and doing all his, his stuff. They didn't really have a, a, a an opponent there. Yeah. Uh, is that book for us? Um, yeah. They have to actually made up something, I guess, to happen mm. there. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a shame. I mean, but Freddie, just, I mean, as an outside, like, non-Blood Angels player, what's your, what's your take on them 
in both versions of the Heresy yeah. and in general. I mean, I think it's really weird because it's the the only Legion that basically they go and fuck off to to that demon world. They have like an epic battle there. Yeah. Then suddenly they rock up at uh, at Ultramar. Mm-hmm. And then there's like nothing for the rest of the heresy until they rock up at Terra. Yeah. Which I feel is like there's so much potential for cool Blood Angel shit going on. When they finally get their asses from Gurleman's Empire, Secundus, they are uh, running wild a little bit. They mm. are. Um, they burned Davin, that planet, right? And they. What's that book? Which one? When they actually leave uh, Imperium Secundus and do some kind of crusade of their own oh, before I they split up. Uh, I can't remember that book, sorry. That's annoying. I should know that. Where's, uh, J- where's JP in your pocket when you need him? Need to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, JP, why aren't you here? Why aren't you reminding us of this stuff without us inviting you or talking to you? Damn it. <laughs> but like you said, it, there's not. They don't, should have done more. Could have done more. Mm. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I gotta. I mean, I gotta agree with everything you guys have said there. I find it a little frustrating that they've they've seemed to have the same um, same amount of attention as they had like the black books. And that, again, this isn't a knock on anyone specifically. The way the obviously the way the black books have come out, you got a couple of legions. You got you know Istvan, and then you got the follow up, and you got more and more, and then other people started to come in. And I know that the Blood Angels obviously have, like the Imperial Fists, the Imperial Fists fall into the same sort of trap. You know, they have terror. Terror is their big moment. The Blood Angels, terror is their big, big moment. Yeah. But they really, there really could be some more stories out there for them. And even if it's not directly, excuse me, my throat's deciding to go. Even if it's not directly in the heresy, do you know, I would love some more detail on like murder or um, yeah, as we talked about before, the Interax or different compliances. Because again, there's, you've got book eight and there's loads of, I mean, there is a there is so much fluff in book eight. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely gorgeous what's in there. But as much as I love that, that sort of black book, red book type of fluff, I love me a good black library story. And I would like to see maybe one or two more books. Um of the blood angels and and get to see some more out of them but again you know you know Pete, you and i talked about this off off air and talked to pele as well they're getting their moment now they are definitely getting their moment in the sun right now yeah. uh but There's it's a lot of so far, it's so far into the into it it just feels a bit it just it's just frustrating because something that henry uh henry pointed out henry Steele, obviously you know, love the dude. He point, pointed out in our chat. There's very rarely is there such thing as a casual Blood Angels fan. There's you know, there's very rarely do you get a casual Blood Blood Angels player. You're they're you know majority they're in. You know, absolutely the Legion is loved. It's adored, but you very rarely see a casual. Oh, I've got a thousand points here or there. No, it's usually like a main force strength kind kind of thing. People are nuts deep in it, you know, repainting it, putting lots of detail into it. It's one of those armies that really draws that out of people, I think. 
you got that artistic side on it. You got the ornaments. You got the gold details. You can you can really go hobby nuts on it. Yeah, to. you can. And I think it's yeah, like I said, I think it just feels like they they just haven't had the same love across the life of the heresy as other legions may have had. But like you said, it's a trap of trap of terror defender. If you think about it, like I said, Imperial Fist uh, are the same thing. Early in the in the story, they are sent to Terra and then just sitting there for the fight. And the White Scar ain't that much written about those either until now. Yeah, well, I mean, the, to be fair, they got they got lucky. They've had Path of Heaven and yeah, I got two books, but uh, and a couple of others for the Blood Angels, but yeah, not as much as many other. No, true. Okay, that yeah, you're fair. Fair point. Good call on that front. But I mean, I think it, it is. I think no matter what, there's still an extremely attractive army to play. And I think you literally just said it, but I think you nailed it on the head. It's such a good army for hobby potential. Above, I mean, all armies are. You know, you can go absolutely insane with any army if you really want to. But there is something about the Blood Angels. They they have, there's that sort of Baroque artisan feel to them. Whereas you might think, okay, if you associate art, let's say if you associate artwork with a legion, ultramarines, color by numbers. Maybe they use paint, but I'm pretty sure they use crayons and still call it a masterpiece. Iron Warriors, laser etching at most. It's efficient, it gets it done, and it will be like a schematic. You know, salamanders, it's probably on fire. World, world eaters, I don't think we want to ask what materials they're using. Blood not Angels. Death Guard either. Oh God, no, not the Death Guard. <laughs> death Guard are painting in something very special that even makes the Emperor's children blanch a little bit. But then, when it comes to the when it comes to the Blood Angels, it is absolutely beautiful, masterful like works of art, proper oil painting style, high quality, high art. And uh, something to share with the uh, Emperor's children, perhaps before they mm-hmm. went a little bit over the top, and maybe maybe to touch the to the the ultramarines as well a little bit, because I mean, you can get a lot of ultramarines with huge amounts of marble and all that sort yeah. of stuff. But if you compare it to art, Blood Angels are uh, are uh, Renaissance art. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you for finding that. Yes. They are similar to like the Emperor's Children because they're both like death worlds and then they turn it into some artistic paradise. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I actually been looking for. Looking around, I can make a shout out to mm-hmm. actually find decals of transfer sheets of uh, like uh, that resemble uh, Renaissance art, like you Mo- Mona Lisa rhinos, yeah, something like that. But no, more more for the religious theme because that's another thing. You got the wing, you got the Halo, they are the Crusaders in that aesthetic sense. Yeah. Decade sheets of perhaps uh, painting of Renaissance saints and angels, that kind of things. I'm really looking around. I haven't found it. I probably have to make Talk to me after we've finished. I'll have a chat with you after we've finished. I've got an idea for you. But we'll talk about it afterwards. But actually, that helps because it takes me into the next next sort of thing because, like I said, there is extremely even though it's small amounts comparison to some other legions there's a lot of very rich fluff around the the 
Blood Angels. And there are some bits that stand out massively. But I'm kind of interested to see if anyone's who's got or who or what are your guys' favourite sort of fluff pieces for the army. And I'm I'm going to throw it again to Pete because you are the the sort of Blood Angel fanboy in the room. What would you say is your your like number one piece of fluff for the Blood Angels? I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I massively love the the redemption arc that they have, um, which comes from them. There's a one of the passages from from book eight that describes them as there are no heroic tales about the ninth in the unification wars only grim rumors and half-heard whispers um they've gone from these literal the worst of the worst the nastiest um legion um to the well, I would say the best, but to the to ones with a very high standard and the idea of being more than just uh, mindless killers and, and warriors. Um, so I do love I do love that. Um, that's sort of probably what attracts me to them in the first place. But um, as an individual piece of fluff, it's got to be um, Rowder on 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 the walls of terror versus um, <laughs> yes. Is it, is it, Skurovok, Skurovok, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The painted count, and when he the the possessed night lord, and and he gets up there, and he thinks he's a a badass cutting his way through the blood angels, and then he calls out the he calls out Rolderon, and when he turns around, and he can see his you know, Rolderon for some reason has got a name tag on, um, but he, he call, calls out to him, and he's like, "Oh, you're Rolderon, the Rolderon, like the." Uh, you know, the leader of the Blood Angels' first captain. Oh, it's going to be such an epic tale. And Rauderon just after he runs his mouth, Rauderon just says, "Never heard of you," um, and proceeds to just kick his ass. Um, Burn. And, and and it's got him in a bait, and he and he ends up he he's hanging on. Um, he's hanging off of the the walls of terror. And Rolderon just pulls out his bolt pistol and goes to shoot him in the face, um, and he ends up just he lets go and plummets the however many kilometers it is from the top of the walls of terror to the ground. Um, I think that that part it's so epic, and and it just sums up how how um, how much of a badass Rolderon is. Um, he, he's a very um, he, he's a very interesting character. As first captains go, he, he's up there. I think he's not quite on the um, Sigismund or uh, Sevatar level of fighting, but he, I'd say he, he's on the next step um, in terms of his prowess, um, and he's a fantastic character. Um, and sort of in quite a, a good opposite to Rauderon is um, is Nasser Amit, uh, the captain of the Fifth Company, who is sort of the complete opposite, but ab- absolutely outstanding character. Um, and I love that. Yeah, he was the original flesh terror because he used to fight with um, a power sword and uh, and, and uh, some wicked butcher's knife, um, a flint, a flensing blade, I think it's called, for skinning. Um, and I just uh, the best, probably the best bit of fluff there is he and as Sanguinius takes him and Rauderon and as Killian to um, the council of uh, of Nakia. Um, and Sanguinius has Amit stand as honor guard in his chambers um, because he's worried that Amit will argue with the emperor 
if the emperor tries to ban psychic powers and it's just like <laughs> what like yeah, the, the prime like you i'm not even taking you because i don't want you to back chat my dad um is is absolutely fantastic he he he's the first one that that says to sanguinius i think chorus has betrayed us when they get sent to cygnus prime um sanguinius punches him with his sword pommel um, stands over him with his sword at his neck, um, saying, "Basically, take that back. That's my brother." And uh, and he just says, "No, no. You, I, I call it as I see it. Um, do what you do, whatever you're going to do. Um, but no, I won't take it back. I think I think that there is a man with with a pair that clank. Um, he, he is absolutely superb character. Um, and I think that it's never confirmed what actually happens to him. He becomes the the chapter master of, of the flesh terrors on in the second founding um his uh, a, a, i think it's a thunderhawk um or some some kind of ship that is part of a space hulk that comes um that is discovered by the flesh terrors a few thousand years later they find all they find is amit's helmet um and they the the chat the current chapter master destroys it because he plays back the video and it just mentions uh, a world of blood. So I, I actually, from that, I actually think that Amit falls to corn at some point. Ooh, um, never confirms it, but it's one of those like, oh look, it's you know, it's our, it's our founding chapter master's helmet. Oh, let's see what what happened to him. Oh shit, fucking delete that. Um, I, I can't see. History. Delete the browser history. Yeah. Delete the browser history. <laughs> I can't see that there's much, especially from what the Blood Angels came from and the things that they did. Um, I don't think there's there's much beyond fall, falling to chaos that that is going to make them destroy it. Um, some of the 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 things they used to do, and when they were the Ninth Legion, um, they would, as all Space Marines can, they they have one of the glands they get from the um from the process of becoming a space marine allows them to consume flesh uh the flesh of a, a creature and absorb its memories um and that that gland is actually overactive in the ninth legion um it's standard practice and they, even to the point of they eat their fallen commanders so when when a captain dies whoever whatever lieutenant is being promoted to take his place would um would consume the flesh of the captain um, in order to gain his memories, to gain his combat experience, um, and then would actually take the name of that captain. So when they were sort of reviewing records, it'd be like, this guy has been alive for 500 years. Like, how is he that good? How has he survived so long? But he hadn't. It was simply um, that they used to just consume and, and take take part. So you, I suppose the further down the lines you get, you would get a captain that's actually got the memories of the thousand years worth of, you know, twenty different captains that he's con- that have consumed each other while, uh, over time. Um, poor Dante, this poor Dante in the forty-first millennium, just begging for death and not having it. <laughs> man, Dante's number two is just like, man, that's going to be so fucking tasty when I get to when I get to eat Dante. <laughs> oh, oh, it's oh, going to be man. so good. I'm going to get the barbecue sauce out. What a barbecue! What a barbecue! Yeah, I'm going to be such a good tactician when I get my hands on those chops. Yeah, um, they'd even when the Ninth Legion, they they their process for creating these Space Marines was um, one of the most painful, yet one of the quickest. Um, where other legions only took, um, they were they wanted to take sort of a, a premium um, applicant, so the sons of noble households and 
and highborn uh, recruits that the blood angels took the opposite they took the dregs the the mutants the the people that were barely human anymore um uh, and would c- convert them the process was very very quick although exceedingly painful um and even though they were s- savage and monstrous in that in that incarnation they they were still all beautiful no matter how twisted and mutated they were when they emerged from the process they they were you know, I, they they looked like Sanguinius. They were beautiful to look upon, which I guess is even worse when someone looks like a monster and acts like a monster is one thing. But when someone's beautiful and they're still a monster, that's probably even more off-putting. But so, so what you what um, you uh, what you're honestly trying to say is they've got like mean girl privileges. Pretty, pretty much, <laughs> they would bring the apothecary. Even says that the apothecaries would even bring. Um, like uh, the the flesh of fallen blood angels to um they would carry that around with them so when they were do when they were replenishing their ranks and and creating new space marines you'd, you'd get a fresh um you know, a, a freshly which well, i don't know what word you want to use brewed a freshly brewed um space marine um and then they just give him a, like a, an astarte sandwich and and that 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 sort of novice <laughs> is, is all of a sudden is, is a veteran and experienced and, and it's one of the the tactics they used was just to to go into meat grinders and just replenish their stock and just consume their own dead to 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 get you know those those basic astartes up to up up, up to battlefield standard just by having oh. a snack so basically, congratulations! You're a blood angel here. Eat this burrito. Okay, now you know what. Now you know what five generations of Dave knew. Go kill some stuff. Fucking but I think savage. You're onto <laughs> Go on, Pele. Yeah, about the fluff. That's really like interesting in the um, flavoring. If you want to know, want to call it this transformation. Like you said, they were the worst. They recruited the dregs, and their their job was to do the nasty shit. But they also got the artistic side, the beautiful side of it, perhaps a compensation, I don't know. But you have this, this uh, you are something and become something else. As a blood danger, you transfer yourself to something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the fluff and the emperor had a plan for all uh, Primarchs after the after war. Mm-hmm. But for their job, what to do? What they the artist? Yeah, the the art school. There's a lot of, of fucking artists. The art school. Yeah, yeah. You you got the unit the angel tear that you to hide your face when you're doing this uh, really nasty work, because as a blonde agent, you don't have to take responsibility for that. You take your take, cover your face and be someone else. You got this transformation. You can compare it to the Night Lord. I knew him pretty, pretty well. They also recruited dregs and prisoners and shit, but they never even tried to become something else. They take a bullet, make him strong, and he's still a bully, if you know what I mean. Yeah. A, a Blood yeah. Angels are perhaps a bully or a mutant or a, a shitty fucker. You transform it, he becomes something bigger. And I think the Blood Angels are also those legion that actually care about the civilians we got salamanders of course but after the salamanders i don't think you can ask yourself this philosophical question would you re- relocate to a worse position or would you 
tear down that children's hospital. The salamander will re relocate. All other would uh, raise the hospital. But perhaps the blood angels would relocate. If you want to I mean. Yeah, I get you. Or, or maybe they'd rebuild. Maybe they would rebuild it, of course. Make it look different. They, they other the good visual. guys, like Imperial yeah. Fist or Ultramarines, they would be like... <laughs> Oh, they'd raise it to the ground. Yeah, yeah. they would. But they certainly they weren't savages in their like the the warhound. They they were compared to the warhounds um, quite a lot in in, in the book eight fluff. They weren't, but they weren't where the warhounds were even before Angron and before the butcher's nails. They they were still savagely so savages that that would fight and waged war for the thrill of waging war. Whereas for the ninth legion they were it was all about victory and they did the horrible things that they did they went into the harshest environments the most um certainly in the unification wars um and the early great crusade they they didn't get any of the limelight they didn't get any of the the good kushti um you know the, the glamorous roles it was all the worst the most irradiated areas but for them it was all about the pride of winning, of completing the mission, of fulfilling the objective, whereas some of the other more savage legions, it was just for the thrill of, of killing. That They still had um, sort of a, a grim mark of honor, their own honor that wasn't about just killing. It was about winning. It was about victory and for the emperor. I like it. I mean, I, I genuinely do. I, I've always had a soft spot for these guys, no matter what. No matter how much shit I sling a, a loyalist legions, but Freddie, have you got anything that jumps out you fluff wise that, that you've read or, or taken in when it comes to the Blood Angels that just sort of gives you a bit of love for them? Well, I've had uh, a, well, not super love from them, but I've always remembered them from like the Second Ed, um, you know, the the Angels book where you got the Dark Angels and the Blood Angels in the same codex, but the. The one thing that I I really would like to see in the fluff, it would be awesome, con considering like how the world eaters actually fell to corn. Uh, the blood angels were like the first one that was supposed to be what Angron ended up being. Uh, that was Sanguinius. So it would be nice to see like a showdown between Angron and Sanguinius, either like some pre-heresy fluff or like some. I think that that would probably make me start wanting to collect blood angels if I saw some sort of connection, interconnection with the world eaters there, like more than just in the black books. But more coming back to that sort of more story side of it all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, totally. Um, I hear. Because I, I want to say, like, obviously they're all brothers and stuff. I would love to see, like, if they did like some battles together and what they did and like i would like to see some interaction between angron and sanguinius mm -hmm. and as well as sanguinius and fulgrim nice yeah that would be interesting because i because they are like those three legions are kind of they are sort of similar obviously to completely fucking derails but the Blood Angels are kind of semi-derailed as well. Yeah, Blood Angels are the bridge between them, you can call it. Yeah, mm. sort of thing. So you can see, like, the Blood Angels could probably have gone either way, as as the the Third Legion or as the Twelfth Legion. I don't know, like, something happens, obviously, and I would like to see some more interaction between these three legions, because I kind of bracket them all together, and one just happened to become Loyalist. 
if you if you read Fre- Fair to Tread, um, the Legion are about to turn on that planet. I can't remember it now. Uh, the only thing that prevents them from turning are the fact that Sanguinius got some really strong connection to every individual, and they think they're dead. Uh, the Legion think Sanguinius is dead. He's, yeah. uh, and and they are basically turned. They are, if you read that book, you're, they're freaking out totally. Everyone has lost their mind, perhaps. Or not I'd say, it's not that they've turned, but they've fallen to... No, the, they haven't the... turned, but they can't control themselves. They've fallen to this blood rage. Yes, yeah, the manifest, manifestation of the the black rage. Um, yeah, they've always had the red thirst. They've always been tempted to by blood. But yeah, that's they, just... they cannot control that until Sanguinius rises from the dead. Another Christian uh, reference to the blood angel, perhaps. Um, I mean, it, it, he. I mean, Sanguinius is key. The the legion is literally described by the emperor as, um, was it a, a weapon that could not be directed or controlled, only endured. Like there was no way once the fighting was done, the Ninth Legion were were doing anything other than going the way of the Thunder Warriors. Um, it would have been like, hey guys, can you all line up here? Hey, these are the custodes, and that that would have been that. Um, Sanguinius drags the Blood Angels up from where they are, um, just by his, with his sheer presence of. Um, of actually caring about them because it, it was when when he was reunited with the legion it took nearly two and a half years to gather the gather the legion in one place after sanguinius was was discovered um so they're all there waiting waiting to to see him and the thunder forest thunderhawk comes down and justarian come out and sanguinius walks out um with them and he kneels to the legion and none of them are expecting that. And it is to, to get that from their Primark, where it's someone honoring them and offering them respect with the expe- expectation of nothing in return is kind of what saves them because they've never had that before. Everyone's always looked down on them. Everyone's afraid of them. And all of a sudden, it's someone believing in them that they can be better than what they are is what really helps lift the Legion up. And then later on when they think that he's fallen is why they revert back to their old type because it, that's their like, the blood angels aren't really connected to humanity and themselves because of the things that they've done and the things that they do but sanguinius is the he's the face of the imperium once once the great crusade's done sanguinius is the poster boy he's the he's going to be the 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 mouth of the emperor because um, everyone loves him to look upon him, and he's their co- he is the connection of the legion, and he is what saves them, because he's willing to sacrifice himself um, on Cygnus Prime to to spare his legion, and it's only it's Meros the apothecary going, "What the fuck are you doing? Like we fucking need you. You can't fucking do that." And he just jumps and throws himself into the vortex and becomes the Red Angel and. Uh, and it's that sacrifice, but Sanguinius was willing to do that to save his legion, where none of the other Primarchs really would sacrifice themselves for their legion. It's only him, and that's why that's that's why they become what they become. Because it's, it's like if someone that good believes in you, then that that lifts you up. And without him, that's why they've got the Black Rage, the the Red Thirst, the Death Company as as time goes on. 
But there's something more to that too, if I remember correctly. He got almost like a psychic connection to each individual. Mm, yeah. Region. Yeah. There is and that. They I mean, can it's... feel the, the troopers can feel it's about to die. It's kind of echoed throughout all the um, legions that there's some sort of preternatural link between legionnaires and and their primarch, but it's incredibly yeah, very strong forefront and strong within the Blood Angels. Because you actually you got me thinking, uh, especially Freddie was talking about you know who they who they mirror, and it's kind of interesting when you you bring back you talk about the redemption arc, and I, I said this about the I said this I've said this previously that. One of the in the Black Library episode, actually, one of the most interesting story arcs for me is the downfall of the Sons of Horus, and they are very much compared and held next to the Sons of Horus. Sanguinius learns under Horus. Sanguinius and Horus confide in each other a number of points throughout the series early on. Um, you know, Horus actually sees the Black Rage and doesn't rat out his brother um yeah. and he also thinks that uh he suspected that sanguinish would be the war master but exactly uh, and that he is so they, they are the opposite while they come up the sons of horus go down and that is that the comparison is what i find interesting how they um how they juxtapose 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 thank you jody get the word right um the two legions back and forth because on the surface of things they're not who i'd immediately draw a line between as their equals or their their polar opposite on the other side um i would probably have gone empress children more with the whole artistic perfectionism all that sort of stuff could easily draw a line between the two and say that's your mirror opposite but they've actually got a much closer tie to the blood angel between the blood angels and the sons of horus and you know, like talking about fluff, one of, honestly, one of my favorite points for the Blood Angels is where Sanguinius is called upon to deal with one of his sons who has succumbed to the thirst. And not only do you suddenly find out that the Warmaster, who is like seven, eight foot tall or whatever it is, is basically a ninja and can move completely silently in his his armor. And sneak around other blood angel, uh, blood angels and stuff. But you, he watches it, and not only does he sort of show compassion towards his brother, and you get to see the failings and what all, all the sort of emotional weight that Sanguinius puts on him. But at that point, as a reader, you know where he's where Horace is going, and you know he's filing that stuff away in the back of his head. Yeah, you know it's being filed away to come back at Sanguinius at some point in the future. Mm. And it does. And again, without trying to, you know, if you haven't read Fear to Tread, spoilers, but he basically plays on Sanguinius's emotions for his legion. And he's he's trying to force him to make the sacrifice play. And like you said, the apothecary goes, dude, wake the fuck up. We need you. You can't do that. And that's what counters it. But still, he manipulated him. And it's because of that close connection. And mm. I, I think that's absolutely, I, I love that. I think Horus was scared of of Sanguinius in the, yeah. the not necessarily. Although I, I do think pre Moloch Horus would get his ass kicked by Sanguinius, but um, we'll never know. 
But I think he was scared of the threat that Sanguinius posed to him as War Master because everybody liked Sanguinius. Literally, out of all of his brothers, all of them liked him. Uh, no one, uh, and he, it would have been easy for him to replace Horus or for him to have been War Master. Um, and then, even, and then after, then when you're in the heresy, and it is one of possibly the best scene in the, in the whole of the heresy, is when. Um, Horus cuts, uh, I mean, this is spoilers, but I mean, it's about 15 years old now. So when Horus cuts Erebus's face off um, <laughs> yeah. for basically saying, but what Erebus says is right. He is basically, you want Sanguinius dead, not turned, because you're concerned that the Dark Gods will ditch you for Sanguinius and that Sanguinius will kill you. Um, and and I think that was true. But I mean... Fair enough to Erebus. I'll say he's got a pair to, to say that to Horus. Um, I don't know how he expected that it to, it to go as well as it did um, afterwards and, and getting your face cut off. But yeah, Sanguinius was, he, he could have been something great. And if he had fallen, he would have been something more terrible than any of the others. I think the other thing is with, with that, I think the thing you have Horus is revered and respected and acknowledged for what he's done. Sanguinius is an icon. Sanguinius yes. is pure charisma. He is something that you look upon and see hope and joy and good. And that's something Horus could never mm. replicate. I mean, Horus was incredibly charismatic, but the difference between Horus is like turning on the charm with someone to get what they want. He gets what he wants. As the person turns away, that lovely smile from his face disappears because it was all an act to get with yeah. what he wants. As opposed to, you get the feeling that Sanguinius says all of like you know says all the nice things because he means them and people know that he's on he's honestly the type of guy that would remember like your cat's name and ask you about it six months later how's it doing and you'd be like what the fuck you remembered my cat's name he's that kind of a charismatic person whereas you say boris is much more of a a politician, is the politician. yeah and uh sanguinius is that popular royalty or something if you want yeah to he, it's it's a natural charisma I think that more than anything else, mm. it's just natural. It's who he is. He couldn't do it any other way. I don't think. I don't think that Sanguinius could exist mm. any other way. Um, yeah, because I mean, all the Primarchs have the, they. It's described, isn't it, um, that they have like an aura, um, and it's something that they can control, where it just makes people be in awe of them or fear them, and it's something that. Um, they can all sort of turn on and off. And I remember, I think on the Age of Darkness podcast, they were they were talking about it recently on a recent episode that when Horus is fought, like when he's becoming sort of demon Horus or when he's swollen on Chaos Power, he loses control and it's basically his aura is just turned up to maximum at the at, on the scariest setting just permanently. So anyone in his presence is just scared or or intimidated terrified of him with sanguinis it just feels like the other way of just this like he was just his aura is one that puts you in awe of him to an amazing level that is just something that is very natural to him when you look upon him he, he even he looks the part and although the emperor has got rid of religion that is something that's always going to be ingrained on humankind of the angel like an angel is a good thing an angel is a, a special being and he he is an angel he looks like one yeah definitely 
Well, I tell you what, I'm going to use that as a lovely way to end that bit, but it's really, it's clear to see there's a there's so much fluff. I mean, we've talked about maybe half a dozen small things, some big, some small, but there's so much out there. And I want to use this as a, as a way to turn turn the conversation now to primarily to you, to Pete and Pele. And, and I'm going to start with Pele. You know, when it comes to... Once you've read through that fluff and you've started thinking about it, what what's your go to? How do you how do you look at the Blood Angels on the tabletop, and how do you sort of start asking yourself quite a question on how to build the force? Do you go like that's a cool unit, that's a cool character? Do you start with the rights of wars? Where where do you where are you sort of starting out your journey on that? Well, normally I get some inspiration and. Assuming I have the inspiration, which I do, and I normally have it, an idea of an army would look like. It, imagine, like in the epic forty epic horror series, yeah. how would the Blood Angel army look like? Yes, it would be deep strikes. It would be a lot of fast infantry, mm-hmm. assault marines, bikes and stuff, flyers. Yeah. And then I spin around in my head. I want to do that. That's what I want to have. And I really do want to do uh, want to use a legion specific right of war, yep. yeah, because I want to do a really fluffy army. I want to if I want to do a legion, I want to have a flavor of that legion. And then you can argue all oh, you can do everything, yes, but I don't want to do that. I want to have the right of war. Then you end up in this case with and it, it, in the first version, you end up with a shitload of assault marines. Um, it's not that uh, locked to that this time Mm -hmm. but uh, you are forced to have one so I'm definitely going to have it is that the the day of revelation was the day of revelation that's correct there are two right of force and that's true that that, that was if memory serves again I've not seen that many bloody but that was always popular that that was yes, like the uh, that was the offensive one. You deep strike an entire army, hope to, to survive one turn, and then you can assault. The day of sorrow is more uh, defensive. In, in version one, day of sorrow was absolutely terrible as well. Um, yes, there were some really strange. I can't re- remember it. Your infantry, when your infantry squads were reduced to fifty percent strength, so they got some bonuses, but they also counted as destroyed and could yeah. no longer capture objectives. So you lost a lot of shitload of victory points automatically. I think wow. there were some kind of strange rule. Really, I have to actually forcing them to assault things. But uh, maybe I mix it up with something now. No, I I truly want to find a mental picture of the army. What you want to do? It is going to be vehicle heavy, flyer heavy, fast, slow, walking, foot slugging, whatever. In in this case, I wanted to have it fast. I want to have uh, a lot of flyers or speeders or bikes. Fast army with vehicles. And the fact, as um, transition form uh, Night Lord, I have access to the heavy support slots as well. Uh, and the fact you can set assault cannon on everything can be quite fun. Not effective on the battlefield, of course, but can be fun. But that's pretty much uh, how I build an army. I get a visualization of the fluff and try to build after that and fit it in there. Legion Pacific right of war. And how with with your 
current force what you're working on right now what which of the uh, which of the rights of war are you going for a day of revelation uh, no revelation. yes revelation still call that uh, that's the one nice and uh, i really do want to yeah maybe i go a little bit before everyone here but uh, jumping granot oh wow how do you say that in english in 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 Cadus, I think it's called. Okay. In Cadus, that's that and Angel Tears. Yeah, the Angel's Tears. I really do love the idea and background of them. Yeah, I th- do think they could have been made a little cooler heads to them, um, perhaps. But the the fluff and idea and the background of it, I, I just love it. You you do that what you have to do. You cover your face. You do it in sorrow. And that was the first actual destroyer unit that got some attention. And they're really gorgeous models. Yeah. Uh, the heads, uh, I don't know, but okay. Cool. <laughs> well, there's new, there's new upgrade. You've got the Mark VI upgrade kit. Maybe you can find yeah. some magic Walk in there. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, but I really do love them. So, so when I get my first like troop choices and must have to actually play, then it's going to be the Dawnbreaker. Mm, they are rather Oh, Angel's Tears. Angel's Tears. Seriously. Sorry. See, now, I said, this about, I said this about swords last time we talked about the Blood Angels. You've got all the fancy names for your units. You just can't remember which one's which. Yes. <laughs> it's just fancy names, so you, all sound, you sound all super impressive and stuff, and then it's like, well, which one's that? Uh, yeah, something, something, a Blade of, or something, something, Destroyer of, or Angel of, or Death of. Actually, or... they got three special units, plus a dead granite. And that, there are no other Legions that got that kind of special yeah. unit, is it? A thousand suns, I think, don't they have? Out of all the units, and this is a little off, top, a little off the, the way I was going to take the conversation, but still. The Dreadnought with a jump pack. Um, the fuck? <laughs> I mean, the fuck people. <laughs> I think it's they. They just thought, how can we get this involved in the Day of Revelation, right of War? It needs to deep strike. Do we put it in a drop pod? Then it's no different from any other legion. Um, so we'll we'll just put that on it. If you put it on a real perspective, where did we get the technology from, and why doesn't every other legion have it? Yeah. I mean, did yeah, they just have but... a tech marine and took a beer and hey, here's a jump pack, here's a dreadnought? Oh. Well, let's just be fair. All the other tech, all the other tech marines looked at it, and went, "Nah, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> we're just we're like, not stupid." You, you know, we've got dreadnought drop pods, right? Like, yeah. you know, like, just go in there. Like, it's fine. We use that, and then we 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 salvage them after the battle. They found like a broken drop pod, and they just took the jet engine and just welded it. Wonder what the uh, dreadnought itself said. Hey, what are you doing back there? Hey, stop! It's itching. Stop it! Stop, stop, it. <laughs> stop it! Why does my butt burn now? What the hell? But then when he realizes what he's got, he's like, "Oh my fucking god! Thank you guys." I, just, I don't know why, but I literally just got the mental image of uh, what is it? The Rock's character Maui. Um, jumping around, screaming every time he jumps, and just imagining the, the dreadnought doing something like that, just blasting off, squish, and then jumping again. And I, I don't know, I don't know where that came from. It came from somewhere dark, probably, but it, it, it's there. <laughs> but God, they got some genuinely, they got some very cool units uh, and all that sort of stuff. But Pete, I, you and I spoke about this earlier. 
Day of Revelation is incredibly popular. And yes. I, I'm going to guess it. I don't know. I'm going to be conservative and say 75% of all Blood Angels armies probably run it. Run a right of war. Um, certainly in, in version one, I would probably put it higher than that. Um, yeah. But you're, you're a big fan of, well, you play the other one. I have been playing Blood Angels for quite some time now, so I'm up to about, I've got about 16,000 points um, fully painted, so I've played lots of different ways. I was never a fan in version one of, and from 40k, 7th ed, um, which we used to play, I was never a fan of deep striking infantry, just because you... You had to bunch up into a big circle. If you rolled a one for your run, you were screwed. And if they had a template of any kind, it's just hitting your whole squad. So I was never really a fan of that. Um, and I find in version two, I think it, it, it's very powerful. And it is certainly the strength of the Blood Angels is to, you know, um, for anyone that's, that's not too familiar with it, isn't it? It's the same as a normal deep strike reserve, except um, you can start the battle you choose between turn two or four. So you choose turn two. I don't know why they've even given the option. Just say it's turn two. Um, but you get to come in and, and deep strike. You will definitely come in, and it's a slightly easier, um, slightly more relaxed way of deploying from your deep strike. Um, I think that, that it's very, very powerful. If you, if you can weather the the, the intercept, um, you know, you, you get your charge off. And uh, I know all of the Legion sort of elite combat units as will kill most things when they charge into them but yeah your your blood angel assault marines are, are pretty good when you've got a few characters in there but your your dawn breakers um uh, are phenomenally good in close combat um and the angels tears very very potent um shooting and they're still destroyers so they'll shoot up a unit and then they can charge in with their rad grenades um i, f- I find day of revelation tends to be a bit it's won or lost on your second turn. Um, yeah, it's either smash or you either smash them or they intercept enough or you fail your charges and you get smashed. So it's not not particularly my uh, uh, my favourite. I've been running the, the Day of Sorrows um, in version 2 pretty much um, exclusively. Um, so it's uh, you can't have any reserves of any kind. It makes the Crimson Paladins, which is the Blood Angel special Terminator unit, it makes them troop and gives them line, oh, um, which is phenomenal. Um, they can be your compulsory troops as well, so none of the normal restrictions that comes in with that. Um, and they are already stubborn uh, leadership 10. So, you know, these, these true big units of, of these Terminators, they've got the, the shields, which give the minus one from your dice roll to wound in close combat. Um, which some people didn't like. It used to be minus one strength, which it was pros and cons. Minus one strength uh, changes the can affect the instant death threshold, whereas minus one to wound means they can never be wounded on a roll of a one or a two. Um, you know, and if it's only strength four going in against them, you're only wounding on five. So it, it's it's both can be good. Um, but the the right of war is to represent there were. Blood Angel outposts that were kind of in the traitor's path on their route to terror. Um, they knew they weren't going to get any reinforcements. They knew they were going to die. And it was just how many of the, the traitor scum can we kill before we fall? Um, so the right of war, when a infantry unit goes to below half strength, um, from the start of your following turn, you gain hatred, everything. 
which is very handy. Um, you gain Heart of the Legion, which is really good, um, but you have to be on an objective for Heart of the Legion to activate. Um, so if you're not playing objectives, <laughs> you don't get to use it, which is a bit of a shame. But that gives you Stubborn and a six-up Feel No Pain, um, which does stack with an Apothecary. So if you've got an Apothecary in your unit, you can, you know, your guys, they go down to half strength, they've now got a four-up Feel No Pain, and they have to charge and then have to issue challenges. Um, it's just it's, it's quite a fun, it's quite a good theme. Right of all, my, my current list of, of, of sort of been taken to a couple of events has been uh, sort of a Mastodon, a Spartan, a Kratos, two big blobs of breaches, and a couple of dreadnoughts. And it's just a nice uh, sort of as a good compact unit. They're, they're just going to sort of sell their lives as dearly as they can and, and take as many of the traitors with them. Um, if you use it with the Crimson Paladins, I imagine it being very powerful. Um, Terminators can be very difficult to. To, to shift off of objectives and if you've got a good you know a couple of big units of them um and you're still not not using up your elite slots to do that you can still bring you know your dreads or your normal veterans and the other good stuff so i think it, it, it's 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 a very strong right of war it's been massively improved since the last edition um and it, it's quite flavorful um the having to issue challenges thing can be annoying at times having to charge um, if you're in range, I think now is it can be very, very bad. You have to, uh, there's something that you've really got to keep an eye on and remember because I've, I've literally had it where I was forced to charge with um, a bike squad unit um, into some Palatine Blades. And I really, really didn't want to. <laughs> I, I really didn't want to go and fight Palatine Blades with Tac Marines, um, but I had no choice and they absolutely cut me to pieces. So, yeah. Was asking this uh, thing that you, if you reduce below fifty percent, to force to charge. Yes. Really, an issue. How often does it affect you? Or the way to get the way I've been getting around, or my plan to get around that, if it comes up. Because generally, I will want to charge because I, I've been running big breacher blobs with characters and yeah. lots of perdition weapons and thunder hammers in there, so I want to charge. But um, I, my breaches have Volkite charges, um, which are obviously assault weapons. Um, I don't upgrade the Apothecary to have one, so he keeps his bolt gun. So if there is a unit that I want to shoot or I'm going to have to charge them perhaps to be lured off of an objective near the end of the game, um, you know, those those five or six angry breaches, they choose not to charge because the medic fired a bolter um, rather than his Volkite cal- uh, charger. So that, that's a good way around it. Just have a model in there that's got a rapid-fire weapon, Apothecary's perfect, or a Tech Marine. And then, oh, okay. uh, yeah, you don't have you don't have to charge, but yeah, it that's the way you walk around it. Work around it, then. <laughs> yeah. But generally, I mean, if you're if you're playing Blood Angels, you you pretty much you you want to charge. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm. You know. That's that's where the epic tales are made in the in the big melees with, uh, you know, when you've got a good few um, perdition weapons in there, they they do hit very very hard. So what what. What was the special rule for the Blood Angels again? Like the reaction? Uh, so well, that special, the, the Legion of Astartes rule gives them plus one to wound on any turn that they charge. Oh, yeah, that, so, that's, but isn't that like, kind of the same as it used to be? But I mean, like, the, don't they have like a special yeah, reaction? Advanced well? reaction. They get shrouded and then can charge if anyone shorts you, right? No, when someone shoots you, you counter charge from their shot. Um, yeah, it, it it I don't think it's it's very fluffy and I love it. I don't rank it up there as top tier with 
the Imperial Fist one or the Space Wolf one. Um, I would have preferred one of those, but um, it, it is quite it, it's quite good and it's quite fluffy. And um, sometimes when when you do get it off, it, it's great for dreads. Um, yeah, someone's because dreadnoughts take a, can take quite a you know a sustained fire to take down. Um, and so you might have to fire several units at a dread. So they might fire the first unit at it, and then you're like, right, I'm going to use the Angel's Wrath. And all of a sudden, I've now charged your dreadnought with my dreadnought, and you can't shoot me with anything else you have, you've lined up to shoot at that unit with because I'm in combat now. Um, it, it is good, but they've still got to be close enough for a charge. But again, with Assault Marines, you know, the movement value on Assault Marines giving you plus three to your charge range. Mm, um yeah. you know that that it can be good in in those so it, it it's not the worst um it, it is fluffy but um it, it can be hard it can be hard to to get off if um if if your opponent's not combat if they would do like a legendary battle because you you see they've started re-releasing the legendary battles again what like what kind of unit would you like to see that you haven't seen yet and what Special reaction. They, they've actually done the the Blood Angels were in the last exemplary battle unit. Oh, there you go. Look at me. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the sanguine guards isn't there still? Um, yeah, I, yeah, but they're still missing some, aren't they? They are. Um, I mean, these. I I have my skeptical reasons why they didn't release um, sanguine guard, but they basically said um, the game designers have said the command squad fits them perfectly. Use yeah, a command squad if you want to run Sanguine Guard. Um, certainly wouldn't imply that they didn't want to release a special model that had a 40k version that would be perfectly acceptable that would stop people buying their expensive resin kits. Um, so it certainly wouldn't say that. Um, but no, this they're, they're, um, they're exemplary battle unit. Um, they are the Blood Angels, a Famim Court. Um, they're, they're pretty tasty. Um, I, I, I like them. They're not... Uh, the exemplary battle units shouldn't be automatically in, like auto includes in an army. Um, they're not about coming out and being better than anything else that you've got and like your or your existing special units. Um, a couple of people have sort of complained online in, in the Blood Angels um, sort of circles about how expensive they are, but um, they offer something a bit different. So they're they're a squad of three. Um, you can take up to five. They are forty points a go. Um, They've got a veteran stat line, but with three attacks rather than two. Um, they come with uh, a two-handed sword that has murderous strike and uh, and rending on a six plus. So it's an, an AP three weapon. Um, they're chosen warriors, so they can uh, take challenges, and in challenges they get bonuses to their initiative and attacks. I think. Um, they're quite a fun unit. Um, they're, they're not great, but I think they're, they're certainly quite scary. And um, one of my friends who I play fairly regularly is a Death Guard player, um, Dave, who he's, he's, those Grave Wardens with their battle hardened and their three wounds are an absolute nightmare to churn through because your, your Thunder Hammers, your Power Fists, don't double them out. So I might use them. I've got a command squad that I think were already modelled up to fit what these guys are like. Um, so I might try and experiment with them to to get in on those murderous strikes to, to kill some of those uh, Grave Wardens because, yeah, Battle Hardened is, is horrible to overcome. You can uh, equip them with Jump Pack as well, can't you? You, you can, but the, then they're, fif, fif, they're 50 points a model. 
Um, you can only take a squad of five. They can be used as a retinue squad. I think that's where the... Va- I personally think the value in these is in a lamb raider with an apothecary, with a chaplain, with a tech marine, um, and your praetor. Um, so you've got a unit of like nine models. In that model, you can give your, your tech marine a thunder hammer, your apothecary, an axe of perdition, your chaplain. I, I run mine with a sword of or a blade of perdition because that's what my chaplain is modelled with, but... You can give him an axe as well, thunder hammer on your Praetor, and all of a sudden that unit is hideously scary. But yeah. I think they're fun. I, I wouldn't if I if you're going to give take these guys and give them jump packs, you just take Dawnbreakers. Um, you know, there's there's I see I think Dawnbreakers are a bit better than these um, as uh, as jump troops. I, I think the value of these is is in the Lamb Raider. Okay, um, yeah. But they're fun, but I don't think they shouldn't be the be-all and end-all, um, the exemplary battle units. So the the other unit that was in that rules was Morlocks for the, the Iron Warriors, and I don't think they have a particularly good either. Um, but they've got... Yeah, bat- Iron Hands. Yeah, but they've got Battle Hardened, which is great. And so Battle Hardened is just amazing. That is, It's a very... It's a very yeah. good rule, so I think well, they're, I, they're doing them well. I was, I was disappointed because they didn't have the power Halibids. So that was like super unfluffy. So I wanted the power halibirds, but who knows? Maybe we'll write up those rules for ourselves. But if you could see like um, another reaction for the Blood Angels, what would you like to see then? I would. I would like to have seen something like the Alpha Legion one. Um, in terms of rules, that one is very, very strong. The the being able to, you know, you get shot and then all of a sudden you're catapulting a long way up the table. Um, that's pretty good. But I think fluff-wise, um, I would have just liked something that perhaps um, when you were charged, um, like a, a counter-charge reaction to being charged, um, that just maybe gave you rage on, on the charge or, or as, a, as a counter, so you know, maybe plus two attacks um, and count your opposition as disordered, maybe take a leadership test to get it off. That that'd be, I think that'd be fantastic, um, and would really make people think twice before they they charge into the Blood Angels. I'm not like w- well versed with Sanguinius rules, but are there any special rules like if he if he dies that the entire army just becomes like uncontrollable or some shit? No, sadly not. No. Um, That's a good point. Maybe it should be due to his very psychic connection to his legionnaires, but no, there's nothing like that. Maybe you get like the old uh, Warhammer Fantasy frenzy rules that they just get extra attacks and you just have to charge whoever is the closest all the time. Let's go proper proper old school frenzy is double attacks, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remember that a Chaos Lord of Corn on a horse with I remember Dark Elf Witch Elf charging uh, mm. skeletons. Uh, good old good old second Ed. I don't know, like uh, it seems like. Uh, there should be some sort of thing going on. Yeah, I, Maybe, I, yes. I don't think he's very strong. If I'm honest, um, he, he's pretty good at a, a, as a beat stick. He'll, he'll obviously all the Primarchs will churn through um, what they fight, but he's really good at killing tanks. Um, his strength, te- his weapon strength ten. It's got Exo Shock. Um, he'll um, actually play the game against my friend's Blood Angels, and he had Sanguinius and. Yeah, he 
tore through a squadron of predators on his own in one turn and probably could have killed about six of them if there'd been six in the squadron. Uh, which weapon would you pick for him? Uh, the spear every time. Every time. Strength 10, AP 1. I mean, yeah, mastercrafted. The Blade and Carmine is, is better than it used to be. Um, if you were going to run around him, if you were going to run him around on his own, maybe, because you've got... Is it Rampage? Ramp is that Rampage you get more attacks if you're outnumbered? No, it's get... You got some with bonus attacks. I can check it up. He's got Rampage 2, so I think it's, yeah... Um, like extra attacks if you're outnumbered. I think so. Yeah, so if you... But I think running around him, running him around on his own is probably not, not the way forward. Um, I've never actually used him. As, um, as we said earlier, my Sanguinius is currently... Uh, with Jody, um, I'm glad you reminded me what I need to put arm in with so I can paint it. <laughs> yeah, the yeah very correct. It's uh, the plus uh, rampage two. Is it in this case? It's two more attacks if outnumbered. Yes, I suppose. But like uh, we we have one to eighteen primarchs, obviously. So uh, if the number one is like uh, fucking extended, like semi demon horrors, maybe. Or actually, it's Ferris. We know that with Brutal. But... Oh, brutal 3 on that hammer <laughs> is just at initiative. Yes. Oh, it's it's horrible. But like uh, on the scale of Primarchs, if we had like the massive Primarch fights, where would he be? Like mid tier, uh, top tier, lower tier? I, I mean, I think one on one, he, he's just going to. He doesn't have anything brutal. So he's going to struggle against those Primarchs that do have brutal. Um, Ferris, even even Lorgar's brutal too. How is Lorgar brutal too? And and Sanguinius isn't. Um, I think that he's, an, he's so fucking annoying. That's why. Yeah, people just. <laughs> it's not brutal. It's, it's not brutal. It's just psychic damage from listening to him whine while he beat while he fights. Yeah, whining too. I, I don't. I don't think he's that good um, uh, against other Primarchs in in a vacuum battle, but. Obviously, uh, he gets to re-roll his invulnerable saves on turns that he charges. Um, if you are, if you have got Sanguinius and, and you want him to fight your opponent's Primarch, um, you're obviously going to pick when that happens, uh, unless it's one of the other jump Primarchs that have jump packs. Um, yeah, you're, he's got such a movement that fight's going to happen on your terms. When hopefully you've managed to sort of get like erode his bodyguard a bit. Um, you know, you're probably going to have him with Dawnbreakers, so on the charge they're, they're going to give pretty much as good as they get to most things apart from probably those Space Wolf those horrible Space Wolf weapon skill 6 ones. So yeah it, it, in, in a battle I think he'd, he, you could, he'd be good if taken out of Primark but I, I don't really think he's up there I think yeah, Fer Ferris for me is, uh, is the top tier apart from Horus Ascended Well so for the, like the 1 million dollar questions uh, one to one versus Fulgrim, who would win? <laughs> in the in the in the fluff or on the tabletop? Um, well, we can, we can go both. Obviously, Fulgrim wins. Well, both. I I honestly have always thought in the fluff, Sanguinius is the best fighter. Uh, all of them say whenever it's no none of them. No, I've never read any passage of another Primarch saying he could take Sanguinius. Um, I think he, he is top tier. Um, I'm sure Dark Angel players will say the same about the Lion and 
Sons of Horus players will say the same about Horus. Um, but yeah, I think fluff wise, I, I think he's yeah, I think he is the top tier. Um, he's the ultimate Russ, the Lion, Horus, whoever you want. Sanguinius is the only one that's come walking out of that. All right. Well, on the battlefield then, game wise, oh, I think Fulgrim does. Fulgrim still get bonuses in the challenge. Yep. Yeah, he'll win. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to think Sanguinius would actually paste Fulgrim up and down the wall, but not because I hate the, I hate Fulgrim or anything like that, but just because. But um, no, you're right, Pete. He would um, sadly, I think he would own him just by weight yeah. of weight of weight of bonuses. Yeah, I mean, he's weapon skill eight, so so he's not hitting. He's hitting everyone on fours, apart from does Russ still have a minus one to hit Russ? So he's hitting Russ on fives, but a lack of brute, brutal is where. It is where those kind of fights are going to be won or lost. It, it, it's why a, a dreadnought will beat a knight in a fight every time, um, because you've got you know if you're fighting something that's got seven wounds, you've got to, I mean, that means you've got to hit seven times, wound seven times, and they've got to fail seven saves. Um, you know, if you're Ferris Manus, you can kill another Primarch in two hits. All right, it's unlikely. You know, some of those should be saved, but you know, brutal three he gets two hits on you. And, and it's at strength 10 so that's six saves you've got to roll i, I just think that that brutal is is the top tier special rule in this edition and and you need brutal to to win those big fights well it, it is warhammer and it's not this is the edition i was gonna say that was probably one of the worst dad jokes potentially possible and you still managed to pull it off i know that's why i'm here <laughs> so tune in for next episode mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, the Blood Angels, they do have all of their Legion-specific close combat weapons are, all have Brutal too. the, the Perdition weapons. Um, brutal is actually, was a rule in version one. Um, it wasn't called Brutal. Uh, it was called Deathfire, and it was only on the Blood Angels Blade of Perdition. So they, they are the Brutal Legion for me. Um, when you're running, if you have an apothecary, one of the squads I'm running at the moment is uh, in my Mastodons. I've got a, a chaplain and a praetor um, in 15 breaches with an apothecary. And you've just got the thunder hammer on the praetor. So he's got five attacks. You've got uh, on the charge, you've got three on the sergeant on the charge, three on the apothecary on the charge, and um, four on, on the chaplain. And those all those attacks coming in at AP2 or AP3 and with Brutal, it's it really is swings of combat. Um, anyone that's thinking about playing Blood Angels, take an Apothecary in every single squad that can have one. Um, not even just for the Feel No Pain, just to have another couple of, of axes of perditions in there. It's plus two strength. Um, so even against Dreadnoughts, you get to wound on fives. On the charge, you get to wound Dreadnoughts on four. On fours at AP two with brutal two, um, it, it's a really strong, um, it's a really strong rule. And being able to have just even with no independent characters, you can have three models with brutal in any infantry squad. If you, if you take a tech marine, if you take the apothecary and give one to the sergeant, it's it's very it's very powerful. Um, it does give the blood angels an edge, um, which they should have. They are up there with. Um, with you know the world eaters um, at being sort of ferocious and and horrible horrible people to have to fight in close combat. So I think it's right that they have 
sort of access to that it's it's, it's very good so yeah any, anyone that's running a blood angel army you've got always take perdition weapons um it's a five point upgrade on a power weapon you can go from a power axe which is plus one strength ap2 to an axe of perdition okay it's it's two-handed so you do lose an attack but it's plus two strength and it's brutal too yeah um, so it, it it really is. You want to you want to take out dreads. Um, I've, I find. I mean, breaches are very good for taking out dreads anyway, just because they can really soak up. You know, they can soak up the dreads attacks, and you will wear it down with your you know with your brutal attacks coming in on step one. They are. It's definitely. I would always take them every time. Nice. I mean, br- brutal is as things stand a very good answer to a lot of problems. And it seems like the Blood Angels have their very fair share of it. So always, always a good thing. (laughs) True. Um, Well, I tell you what, before, because, I mean, it's been a, I've really enjoyed talking, uh, talking about the Blood Angels going through everything. Uh, But we're getting to a point where I think we need to start wrapping things up. However, before we do, because I'd love to have you back on again and talk about the Blood Angels in the future again, Pete. And in general, I think it's been a lot of fun. But as as a seasoned Blood Angels player, and to you, Pele, as well. And I'm sorry, plastic jump, plastic assault marines does not count as an answer for this one. <laughs> what would you like to see on the tabletop uh, for the Blood Angels in the future? Is there any particular model, unit, something you'd like to see? Uh, plastic to spoilers. No, that's the same as assault marines. Um, Motherfucking. <laughs> I, I, I would have liked to have seen. Um, Maybe sort of so, so a bit more flame weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, they they didn't actually they, in the fluff they they used fire weapons. They, they, the pistols. They've got the inferno pistol, which don't get me wrong is is a fantastic um, piece of kit on the on the right model. So on your Moritats. So any any Blood Angel players out there that that wants uh, that wants to take a Moritat definitely do two inferno pistols. It's absolutely crazy. Um, so so much fun. Um, you put no, it on a random character. Any character can take. Uh, yeah, but would you? It's a good well. idea, I think. I just thought, find the range. Range six is it's tough. I'd I'd rather give if it's on like a sergeant. I'd I'd rather just have the the power fist um, or perdition weapon than a um, inferno pistol. Or my, I take one of my praetor quite a lot because um, I have an absolutely beautiful. Uh, Praetor chaplain and command squad that was painted for me by um, by Sai, um, who's featured in our paint, uh, painting showcase. Um, he's the secret 30k geek on Instagram. Follow him; he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, so yeah, he painted my command squad and Praetor for me. So I love to use them, but it's modelled with an Inferno pistol, and I think, and I've had I've had him for six or seven years. I think in his time, he he's killed one guy with it. Yeah, I have a thing about that too. The range, man. Yeah, it was. He killed Dinat. Um, that was the Alpha Legion special character. Um, but he was standing on his own, and I shot him with that, and he was going to get charged by the command squad with the Praetor. So if he, if he hadn't shot him to death, he was still going to die that turn anyway. So, yeah, it's. I, I personally don't bother with the Inferno pistol. Certainly not on sergeants. Certainly not in in squads that have an option for a close combat weapon. Um, I would have liked to have seen maybe some more more hand flamers, um, things like that. That that could have been that could have been good. Um, but 
Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy and, and satisfied with with what the Blood Angels have. I think they've got some some really good, unique units. The, the Angels Tears are it's not really another unit like them in the game. Um, a jump unit that can that can have heavy firepower. Um, coupling that with the Blood Angels Deep Striking rules with their Rights of War, um, very powerful, very fluffy, and good looking models. Um, Dawnbreakers are great. The the Terminators, Crimson Paladins, some of the most beautiful models in the range. Mm-hmm. Really like them. Um, even yeah, even the last edition when they weren't very good, um, I still I still I haven't actually got any, but I'd pl- always planned on getting some just to paint them because they are they are such beautiful kits. So I, I think the Blood Angels have, d- have done well with their, um w- w- with what we have. So there's nothing in particular that, that I'm after. I mean, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I've nearly got one of everything anyway. So. <laughs> You got anything you you really want to see for the Blood Angels to come out? Anything in particular? Um, no, not enough special Blood Angel unit. But uh, if I can, I can't pick Assault Marines. Then I go for this. Might actually happen. So I say uh, Storm Eagle. Ooh, that's a good shout. Yes, that's a really good shout. Actually, that would be nice it's, to see. It's plastic friendly. It's. It's a fairly big, many components. If you compare, I was about to say the siphon, but it's a smaller, sh- smaller. It still works in resin. There's not that many parts. Mm-hmm. But uh, Storm Eagle is basically flying land raiders. So, hey, go in there in your CamCAD program and fix it. Yeah. Fix it, damn it. It's only CAD. <laughs> Anybody could do that. I could do yeah, that. I, if I want to. Sure, pick something I really want to is uh, a plastic storm eagle. Yeah, I like it. And again, or a raptor. Fit, oh, fits really nice either way. So it would or totally, totally make sense. Or just a lot of things with blood angel stuff on them, maybe. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, that's, there are a few things that I really want to see. Uh, yeah. Storm eagle. You got ready just to wrap it up. You got any thoughts? Uh, I would love to see yeah legion specific vehicles like something because I think the only legion specific vehicle we have right now is that Raven Guard. Um, uh, you got uh, White Scar Speeder as well. Huh? The White Scar, are oh, the White Scars Speeder bikes? Yeah, the one with, with the auto cannons. Oh, the javelin. All right, but that's not a vehicle anymore, Pele. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, no, but I think it would be cool to have like some sort of uh, unique vehicle, like for each legion, and and like seeing the blood angels, it should have been like maybe maybe some sort of drop pod thingy or uh, the the um, I don't know predator ball predator. But I think that I think that comes later in the fluff though the yeah, the yeah, ball predator. Um, I say something that I would really like. Do you remember yeah. the in? Seventh ed in forty k the storm. What were the just the the transports? The storm, storm ravens were they? Gunship. Uh, the like the the, no, half, the small ones. They had the, some kind of fly. I think they were storm ravens. I think they were called. But they they could transport a dread. They had a transport capacity of ten, but they had a claw on the bottom that you could hang a dread off. So they could carry 10 men. They could carry jump troops, which we weren't normally allowed to do. Um, and models could disembark without it having to um, hover. It just like had a rule that you basically... So you could have 
Um, like parajumping. Yeah, so I mean, I used to put Death Company or Sanguine Guard in it, and they could jump out of it the turn it came on. Um, you wouldn't have to spend a turn going into hover mode. Um, and you could have the new set sort of hang a Death Company dread underneath it as well. So maybe it's something like that. Because uh, the problem with flying transports is they come on turn two and you have to go into hover mode turn three so half the and if you don't come in on turn two if you come in on turn three you've over half the game sometimes the game can already be lost um before you've had a decent unit being able to get out and actually get into combat so maybe um a flyer that allowed that either sort of to a dreadnought hanging off of it as well yeah, but it could uh, read you uh, reserve rules for flying transport that you arrive on turn one. Mm. That could be a easy quick fix for that, actually. Mm. To fly on a turn one and land or shoot. I, re- I remember those stupid rhinos that they used to have. Like they were like That's super like sharp. Fourth edition or something? I think it was like uh, third edition. I think when when like the, you had like. The first turn charges with the stupid and, rhinos. Um, I think Matt Ward once gave, gave them to one edition had deep striking land raiders. <laughs> that was basically a land raider that would come in off of a <laughs> storm eagle or some kind of a storm bird, maybe. Um, but yeah, you're allowed to deep, deep strike your land raider. And it's just like, okay. Well, at the end of the day, that's a 40k problem. And the, that we're in 30k, so we don't have to worry about that. But <laughs> I do like the general thought of. I just love the fact that it's just let's yeet a land raider out and see what happens. <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious. Anyway, I think we're going to call it there for tonight for the t- for the topic of the Blood Angels. Again, it's it's a well beloved legion. There's so much more we could talk about, but again, this has just been sort of like a overlook, and it's great to have some so many different perspectives on the Blood Angels come in. Um, so. Before we wrap the whole thing up, we've got two listener questions. One's a rules question. This might be interesting. Pele, I think you've already seen this one on the on the Discord channel. Um, and the other one is I'm actually going to change a little bit because whilst I get it, I actually wanted to – I've got a version of this question I'd like to ask. So first up, and this is from Dave GSW on, on our Discord server. So it's a query on line of salt. Uh, line of sight in assault. Uh, I believe he was playing a game with you on this one, Pete, or it might have been. Yes, uh, I can't answer this because I didn't know the answer when we when this came up in our game. Fair enough. So when you where, uh, when you shoot in Overwatch, do you track line of sight from where the unit starts or where the unit finishes? Where it starts, huh? because you declare charge, then you Overwatch resolve that, and then you move. So it, it is simple turn order sequence. That's how it is. Good to know. So you I think so. <laughs> Don't hold you to it. <laughs> I'm not dr- I'm, okay, yeah. I'm not drunk enough to answer that question. But... Following all the usual rules for shooting attacks. A unit that makes a shooting attack as part of an Overwatch reaction may not make any other blah blah blah. So if it's the usual rule, then it's all good. I mean that would make sense, yes. Yeah. That's all right. It's not a trick question. Yeah. I'm not trying to trick anyone. I'm just trying to get an answer. It's all good. Back back, uh, back in the day, you moved everything, and then you shot, and then, oh, fuck, you failed, and then you moved. Yeah. But it, 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 in the old days, I don't remember exactly which old days it was, it, you'd fire your shots, and it would be, basically, if you failed, you failed, but you still lost the guys because you charged forward to a point where you could be shot. 
yeah. like with the wall of flame and everything, and then you would, you know. And it was also the problem that before you used to take off the closest models. So any, although Overwatch was snapshots, if you did manage to kill a couple of models, you took the two closest models, which might add one or two inches to your charge. Yeah, it was a tactic. Let's be fair, it was tactical. Anyway, okay. Hopefully, that gives I, you I, some... a second ed, uh, version where you had like those Overwatch tokens, and then you, well, while you were moving, you declared, oh, "I'm shooting now." And yeah, then, I love that. I really then, love that. So you could finish your move and shit. Like, so you stopped and like you shot there and then you. It was inst- instead of shooting, you could put a unit into Overwatch. Yeah, you gave up perhaps shooting and you said, this squad is an Overwatch. And if you moved, if your opponent moved a unit within that unit line of sight, you could shoot. Yeah, well, you can stop whenever he was moving. And said like I'm shooting my Overwatch. So you, like if if he moved in between two sections of lost blocking terrain, you could wait until he was in the gap, and then you shot the shot him then, and then he can finish his movement to get to his cover. I love that rule. Good times. Oh. Good times. <laughs> Good times. But hopefully we've answered your question. Also terminators okay. with assault cannon or overwatching. Oh, good lord. Um, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's not bring back nightmares because you know we. I personally would like to sleep this evening. And then the second question is a bit of a funny one from uh, Joachim Moritz, who was on, on our Black Library episode. Um, his question, he says, why are the Primarch's bodyguards such a sponge uh, for, the, uh, for uh, sniper shots? Here's, my actual, here's the question I'd like to, do, uh, to ask, put to you guys. Do Primarchs actually need bodyguards? Uh, do they need bodyguards? Fluff-wise or games-wise? Either or, your pick. Uh, they needed. They needed in the game, fluff wise. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. But in in fluff, no, you don't. He doesn't need a guy guarding him. But you know, it's cool with buddies, I guess. Well, Angram needed his bodyguard. Well, that was the funny thing. It's like I I always remember them because this is what got me thinking. Actually, and you mentioned Angram there, Freddie. I remember, see, yeah, I remember seeing a uh, a meme. About it, and it's like, you know, oh, I can't remember what unit it was. It's something. Like, oh God, I'm. It's like 40k unit. I'm so worthless. I can't do it. And then it's like, look, you're not worthless. You're not that guy over there. Who's that? Angron's bodyguard. And it's like, <laughs> oh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, well, that's like when yeah, or Mortarion had the, those two guys always yeah. walking seven steps behind him. Yeah. Mm, foreboding but <laughs> but the thing is like the the most retarded thing like uh is when you started playing horus heresy and i remember i got angry on and i was like oh fuck he would have red butchers because obviously there is no special red yeah. i was like oh i can never sweep advanced this is awesome <laughs> that's, yes that's, uh, a, that's what a hard one to learn time yeah that was that was a sucky one it's like it makes all the sense but yeah but we're saying yes, they need them in the, on the, the the battlefield to what take charges, take sniper shots, basically soak up stuff until you can get your uh, Primark into into somewhere where you can do some damage. Yeah, yeah. So Basically. that's that's why they're needed. <laughs> they're needed as bullet sponges. Um, <laughs> so Primark, Primark bodyguards are a go. So be a. If to be assigned as a bodyguard for your primary, you say honor, apparently. Yeah, 
is bad. I think it depends on the Legion. I think if you're Gilliman or Sanguinius's bodyguard, that's that's a massive honor. If you're Comrade Kerr's bodyguard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to. Sure. Don't make me do it. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't want to be that close to him. Like, you know, something might piss him off and then he's just going to lash out and all of a sudden I don't have a spine anymore. Seriously, <laughs> I know this is the wrong episode, but have you read the Primark book about uh, Curse? I haven't actually, no. There's a scene there. He, the point is, Curse sitting in a room building some kind of statue of body parts. And yes, none of did. the legionnaires want to go in there. Also, they need to know something, whatever it is. So they like send in a slave oh, God. <laughs> to go in there and ask for this. <laughs> and obviously, oh, no. the bigger part of the story is that uh, he entered that room and the uh, curse looks at him and tells him a funny story, kind of, and then kill him. <laughs> I was going to say, kind of in the serial killer funny kind of way, <laughs> by the sound of it. But just that's so Night Lordish. Okay, I don't want to go down. Me neither. Take him. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You do it. I'm not doing it. You do it. Oh, oi, you weirdo, come here. <laughs> it's like when yeah. they when uh, they get angry. <laughs> it's like no one wants. To... <laughs> Everyone goes in there and dies. I love it. I mean, so, so basically, yes, like we said, in the on the tabletop, yes, in the fluff, eh, depends who you're drawn with. <laughs> depends who you're lucky enough, to, which legion you're lucky enough to land with. Awesome. Well, then, that being the case, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap things up now. Like I've said, I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you like what we do, you want to help us keep the lights on, keep things going, and you want to put yourself in a chance of winning something fun at the end of the year, come on over to patreon.com forward slash Brangian Heresy and uh, chuck us a couple of dollars in the tip jar every month for a chance for something fun at the end of the year. Uh, I'd like to obviously thank Pete for coming on and joining us as our guest this evening. Thank you very much for having me. It was uh, was really great to be here. Um, Can I just promote my Instagram quickly? Oh, I'm then all right, I suppose. Yeah, of course you can. um, Yeah, um, so my Instagram is PetePaints30K, uh, all one word. So I've got my Blood Angels and uh, my Empress Children on there. So come and uh, give me a follow. And um, if anyone just is interested in having their models showcased on the uh, Vrengen Heresy um, painting showcase, look me up on Facebook. uh on or join the discord um or instagram and um we'll get we'll get your model show yeah very much it's a lot of buzz over the two two showcases so far so i'd like to love to see more of those on there as well that would be very very awesome yeah i mean like we said before we're on spotify instagram you've got our facebook group you've got discord you've got all the social medias you can find us on looking forward to doing the next episode uh don't not going to say what the topic is because we have to choose that but i do know that all things going well we should have um the lovely alex from death and betrayal podcast joining us to talk about um how the lvo went uh how the heresy event of the lvo went so that's going to be awesome um and then we will have more heresy heresy chat as well which is going to be lots and lots of fun so uh yep Without further ado, like I said, I'm going to wrap it up and I'm going to say it's a good night from me. And me. And me. And me. And remember, guys, treat life like 30k. Be angry in the streets, be fulgrim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Varangian Heresy Podcast, signing off.